What's up, everything? The Blues just swept a four-game homestand that included games against four of the very best players in the world, and we're excited about it. We're also excited to dive deep into the Holiday 2G1C mailbag and the Taylor Hall trade. So let's get started and let's deck the halls! Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the December 19th episode of the Two Guys One Cup podcast brought to you by uh, those green things that you use to wrap Christmas lights around that serve no other functional purpose in your household. Uh, we don't even have those. Uh, well, see, you're missing out. I'm missing one function. <laughs> We are coming to you today from our uh, spacious but also dark and intimidating studios in that pew in the church in Home Alone where uh, the shovel guy, the crazy shovel guy, (laughs) and Kevin McAllister have their really life-changing heart-to-heart conversation. Uh, I would say arguably saves both of their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a deep movie, and I think that's why we should start with a, a brief conversation. It is the holiday season, after all, about what are your top five Christmas movies. And since I sprang this on you with no warning, I will start. Little warning. Uh, little I will, warning. I will start with a, a, two things. First of all... I, I know this isn't like a... It's not a debate anymore, but Home Alone, not. Or not, not Home Alone. Home Alone is. Uh, Die Hard, not a Christmas movie. It's a good movie. It's mm-hmm. a great movie. It happens to take place at Christmas. It was also released in July. And Christmas <laughs> is very secondary to the plot. So not a Christmas movie. My personal preference, if you feel differently, great. Um, also, honorable mention to Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which is not a Christmas movie, but always feels very Christmassy to me. So I always... Like want to watch it this time of year, mm-hmm. and there is that you know great hall scene at Christmas. That's well, very each one of those movies has like a Christmas yeah, yeah, yeah. Like scene, right? And I think that's probably when they were released this time of year. Some in mm. some in um, I think summer right. and some. I used to think uh, Lord of the Rings were Christmas movies because they just they came always, out around Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and cool. They always rerun around Christmas. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry for kicking you viciously. That's not <laughs> seasonal. Uh, number five, Charlie Brown Christmas. Got to give the nod to the original, the OG, and also that soundtrack is lit. You should check it out. Uh, we opened our other podcast this week for, with uh, a selection from that soundtrack, so if you're not familiar, you can go check over the STL podcast. Uh, subtle plug. I'm sure nobody even noticed that. <laughs> um, number four, Love Actually, I shamelessly promote that movie you said recently you have not seen it i have not you're probably better off it's not good it's just so fun (laughs) um number three uh is um now i've got to remember the letters i wrote here grinch who stole christmas that i could have just written grinch but i wrote gwsc um not the jim carrey version although that it's fine i don't have a big problem with it It scared me as a child but the, yeah it but the cartoon me. version i would say is number one for sure um 
uh, It's a Wonderful Life, number two, could be number one. It's it's like, it stands alone as like an independently great movie. Yeah. You know, more than any of these do. And, and that was a movie that I'm pretty sure got like panned when it first came it out. Probably, yeah. It was one of those like definitely not an instant classic uh-huh. when it came out and mm-hmm. gained more of a cult following, but that so happened to be many, many years ago and it gained that cult following. So now, <laughs> so so now, now it feels like an instant classic. Uh, do you feel like that's the kind of movie Paul Shearer would cover on Unspooled, his uh, less popular and oh, less yeah. interesting For podcast? Sure. Without Jason or June, mm-hmm. there's a very inside joke. <laughs> very inside baseball podcast community. Yeah, we're all joke. we've all got a like a Slack channel. All podcasters all have a Slack channel. On one I can Slack message channel. the Pod Save America guys or how I, did this get made? Any second I want. So you know, I can ask Joe Rogan about <laughs> MDMA. That's right. Hey, uh, you got some? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, MMA. That's right. <laughs> MMA. Uh, and then we've alluded to it already. Home alone you know it's not the it's not the best like as a creation but it is my number one mm. i just i it's the only one that i have to watch every year at some point and it's just fun the whole time the music is great as you heard in our intro and um john williams is a beast uh, I, I wanted to say r.i.p but the dude's still alive yeah. at like a thousand so good for him but um yeah, it's just, it's fun, it's heartwarming, it's got the right balance, and it's, you know, it's got a nice message without, like, slapping that message in your face. So, those are my five. Do you have any additions or a top five list of your own, or a top three list of your own? Uh, I think I have, like, a, I think I have a top three, at least, okay. off the top of my head, because I'm not, like, a huge Christmas mm-hmm. movie fan. I'm not necessarily, either. I'm not that big a movie guy to yeah. begin with. I'll but... tell you what, dead last for me. The Nightmare Before Christmas. They <laughs> they capture Santa Claus, mm-hmm. and I watch that and like torture him. Supposedly, <laughs> I watched that as a child, and it ruined uh-huh. me. I'm still recovering to this day. Um, top three, and, and folks, the recovery is going poorly. <laughs> yeah, I don't. As you can tell, not a fan still. Not a fan. Uh, actually, you know what? The what is this song in there? Or whatever. What's this? What's this? What's this? Perfect. I love it. That really complimented one of our playoff episodes. Man, I'm just dropping plugs yeah. left and right. Here. You're gonna watch that playoff one. episode five. Must have been five or four. Get, four covering five. game five just of all the, the Jets. Playoff episodes. The Jets. Uh, and then, series. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It definitely was that, but. Um, I think, right? Yeah, it was four. It, it might have been episode four, but it was definitely yeah. game five because okay. that was the one where it was like, oh, great. We went up two, then we lost two, and now we're screwed. And then we won one, and we were like, wait, what? I'm going to go back and listen to these. I'm, I enjoyed those episodes immensely. <laughs> they were a lot of fun to make. I don't know how fun they were to listen to. But yeah. a lot of fun to make. I don't know anyone's opinion on what we make. <laughs> Look, but... we'll get better. <laughs> we <promise. laughs> We're churning out what we got, okay? <laughs> Uh, top three. I like Elf. I think Elf is a new oh, yeah. classic. Elf is I, so good. Again, it's very much an, a, a movie where you either like Will Ferrell or you don't. Yeah. I don't think he's being as Will Ferrell-iest, So, <laughs> Or the character at least gives him yeah. like the flexibility. Elf is one of those where I almost feel bad saying I like it because there's like a class of people who like worship that the altar mm-hmm. that is elf and i'm just like oh and not even like oh i'm not one of those people mm-hmm. but like i don't deserve to like step in their territory you know because yeah, like, i'm not that intense about <laughs> yeah, it exactly but it's a great movie 
I like the stop action claymation movies, but I like Rudolph a lot. Oh that yeah, old one. Rudolph's that was really great. Good. Yeah, and I think my favorite one uh, is probably the Tim Allen vehicle, the Santa Claus. Not the second one, not the third one. Those are Disney atrocities. But the first one, where Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus, because I believe he kills Santa Claus on accident. <laughs> yes, that is But true. it's Tim Allen at the height of Tim Allen, uh-huh. of just like, you know, he's making those dog noises from Home Improvement, yeah. know, and all that stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. He's, he's uh, a funny, a funny uh, 90s family man, and it's, and it's a heartwarming. It's a heartwarming movie. Speaking of, I don't know why I'm saying speaking of Tim Allen, because I'm not sure he's in this now that I think about <laughs> it, but uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, uh, Jingle All the Way, yeah. which I recently found out due to its coverage on how did this get made, is terrible. Mm. As a kid, I thought it was the best thing, because it would always like rerun on TV, oh, and yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, this is my stuff. Not Tim Allen, but Sinbad. Uh, Sinbad yeah, is in Sinbad, it. <laughs> Tim Allen... Pretty much the I same. I mean, thing. relevant back so, then, irrelevant that's right, today. That's right. Um, they are the same. <laughs> so uh, let us know your favorite movies. Uh, listeners at home, we've got a question later on. We've got some holiday themed questions we'll get to at the mailbag at the end of this, but um, we do send happy holidays out to all of you uh, that you know, have something to celebrate this year. And we all have something to celebrate mm-hmm. because the Blues are on a four-game win streak. Ooh. Flawless transition. <laughs> uh, I think the guys at Puck Soup would give that a B-. minus, So mm. I'd take it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got wins to talk about this week, Ian. Lots of Nothing wins. but wins. The uh, first one. So here's what's great about this week. We saw this first one that we're about to talk about. Mm. And it was like life-changing and wonderful and... Uh, just amazing in every way, uh, except for the first, like, three quarters of it. Those were awful. <laughs> but uh, there was a big part of me that was like, okay, great, you got that win. You have to carry that momentum in and beat Colorado. Like, you got to keep the ball rolling, because we've been a little sloppy before, and we got the win against Vegas, hmm. but it's like you got to turn this into something. It's kind of like last year when we had the comeback, uh, you know, take your – illegal equipment and shove it win against Colorado and then we suck the next night and I was like okay so this team's never gonna do it and I think history proved me right on that <laughs> I never but, did but um it just felt like this is a moment you need to capture and the nice thing is they did uh so spoiler alert but um yeah this was uh the you saw probably more of all of these games than me uh, maybe the middle one I, I saw all of the middle one I was going to say, um, I didn't see much of last night's game against Edmonton, but you saw almost none. So, yeah, yeah I did so see more. saw more of it. Um, yeah, it's been a, you know, holidays, crazy week. But I, you know, got the gist of everything and yeah. followed as much oh, as I could. So yeah, we'll get to the Edmonton oh, game. We'll get to the Edmonton game. Zach Cassian is uh, the opposite. Oh, Krampus. Trash, Krampus trash is again. what I was trying to learn. <laughs> Zach Cassian is very nice. Uh, Troy Brower sits, and uh, this game marked the return of Alex Steen, who, as judged by our record since his return, really is the difference in this lineup. Uh, he missed 16 games with a high ankle sprain. The first period uh, was comically lopsided in favor of the Blues. Money Puck tweeted out a chart of our expected goals. Um, the Blackhawks have a thin red line that represents, what would you say, like less than point. 05 expected goals. Mm. It doesn't even have the number. It's too thin to say the number. Might as well be zero. Uh, maybe like 0.07 at most. And then the Blues have Ivan Barbashev alone has point 
0.85. Robert Bortuzzo has 0.14. And the Blues as a whole have about 1.4 expected goals in the first period. Um, but nothing came of it. And so when the Blackhawks opened the scoring, surprise, surprise, 19 seconds into the second period, it felt like you were really screwed in a big bad way. I was like, yeah, this is after the first where we outshot the Blackhawks 13-2. to Yeah, not great. Not great for them. Uh, the Blackhawks, not a good team. Uh, but Brandon Saad scored. Uh, Taves had a bad pass to him, but he kicked it to a stick and shot it low on the blocker side. And Falk was totally screening Bennington, who didn't have a chance. Not a great look for Falk. Not a great look for our defense. Great look for Brandon Saad. Really nice play. Mm-hmm. Um, really uh, worth Worth every penny of Artemi Panarin. Yes. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say, in a bind with a lot of injuries, I added Brandon Saad in a deep fantasy league this mm. week. So he's going to die now. A lot, a lot of caveats. That's right. Yeah, well, I'm not proud of it, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, the Blues dominated a lot of the rest of this period, but couldn't make anything happen. The defense was pinching and being aggressive a lot, which makes me happy. Uh, but uh, other than that, still pretty lopsided and gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, any thoughts through two periods here? I was worried about what was going to happen i definitely thought <laughs> well we saw um look it's what's funny we've is we've seen our offense come alive again uh-huh. but prior to this game the 4-2 win over vegas and i can't remember who we beat before we didn't beat we that didn't. was the three game losing streak oh right really yeah. oh man so like it just felt like we couldn't score except mm-hmm. for that game so i was a little afraid i think even in this I tweeted out at some point, like, I just don't think the Blues are going to have the offense. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we ate a lot of crow on this. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, we did. And we're fine. We're happy with that. Uh, it, it should be noted, though, that statistically speaking, uh, the period in which we made the four-goal comeback was by far our worst. <laughs> we had only 51.6% of the Corsi uh, and made only, um, four, well, we made four high-danger chances to their one, but we made four in the second and six in the first. So, um, you know, we actually got got outshot slightly uh or got only slightly outshot the blackhawks in that period it was more even we just had all the breaks uh and well after the first two breaks which both went blackhawks <laughs> way uh brandon sod scored once again 30 seconds into the period twice as his good tenth as our of the season. <laughs> uh just a play here where um, looks like Bowmeister doesn't mark his man, uh, who is Jonathan Taves, and he gets it across the crease to a streaking sod, who knocks it in. Patrick Kane scores uh, less than four minutes later, being Patrick Kane and being good at things. Nobody seemed uh, too interested in uh, preventing Patrick Kane from being yeah. good at things. Not great. We uh, we we not have closing the gaps. Maybe it's just that they're that good, and then it happens. Because we get a lot of praise, and like last night's game, we Mm. did shut down two of the very most dynamic forwards in the game, Mm. almost completely. And I feel like we get a lot of praise for that, and the Pareko... Uh, Bowmeister pairing especially gets a lot of praise Mm -hmm. for that. But then there's always occasionally a play like this where it's like, you're really going to leave... Patrick Kane that wide open to just dance and dangle however he wishes, you mm-hmm. know? Kind of like the Eichel play, except oh, the Eichel yeah. play at least was like a total just like Jekaikel. Robert Thomas's brain <laughs> melted. Yeah. You can't let Jakaikel do that. You <laughs> just Jekaikel, can't. Jekaikel. You say it three times in the mirror in the dark, baby. It's going to show up. 
so at this point, three nothing. Uh, we're hitting posts. Oh. We're missing goals. And Doesn't that, feel like anything's going to break Kane our celebration way. too. I know it's oh, 3-0, little, but it's oh, like you shitter. Little, oh, he's such a little asshole. Yeah. Um, and he got his just desserts in this one. Uh, Robert Thomas. Mm. <laughs> I don't want to overstep, although we'll continue to talk about him. But did we like witness the next step in his progression this week? The Super Saiyan one, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and feels then, folks, right. If you know it's over nine thousand. There's a lot. More there's to a go. lot. He's got a lot. Of, he's got a lot of growing to do. He's a child. A Super Saiyan one, like Tien, could beat that yeah. now. But, um, yeah, I mean, I said I kind of speculated after the Chicago goal that we just referenced <laughs> uh, that I felt like that could be kind of a turning point for him, mm-hmm. where he was like, oh sweet lord that was embarrassing like i'm not i've gotta like fix that like yeah. that can't happen again i've got to justify Especially myself a little a, bit a Baruby coach team yeah exactly fans. and in this game he, he looked pretty good in the vegas game which was the only game between those two i think but in this game in the third period he just single-handedly took it over this uh first play to bozak to get around the defender uh just immediately after that third goal to give us that little bit of hope uh, hope and bozak in his 700th game this night I think it was seven hundred. So. Five hundred uh, seems gets too to little. Gets to dish it in. Tyler, a thousand too many. Tyler Bozak sneakily is probably going to play a thousand NHL games. Mm-hmm. Oh, because he's, like he's pretty durable and he's yeah. like thirty-one or two. Like he'll probably get there. He That's only weird. needs what is that like three more seasons, four more seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah, he scored that goal. But then it was a long time before the Blues scored again. And you're kind of like, okay, they gave you false... Like, when they get that first goal, it's like, okay, false hope goal. Like, Mm -hmm. fine. You know, whatever. We're pessimists. You know this about us people. Like, you're not here and surprised by that, unless it's your first time listening, which we will get back. (laughs) We promise. (laughs) I think that's what I tweeted when it was 3-0. I was like, do you really see the Blues uh, scoring... Or no, I think it was even when it was 2 I'm like, do you really see the Blues scoring three goals and preventing the Hawks from scoring one more? Yeah. It does feel like sometimes when we're offensively best, we're defensively weakest. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't the case in this period, at least, uh, because Robert Thomas assisted Tyler Bozak on another goal, and it was uh, arguably even more sensational than the first one. The pass right through Brent Seabrook's legs because he's not good. <laughs> uh, this is the same designed play, I think, that uh, led to the second an overtime goal that ultimately Pat Maroon tipped in and mm. against Dallas just to play right off the faceoff to Crawford's left in this case, not Bishop's left, and they went for it again against uh, Grubauer, I think, on the in the Colorado game, but it didn't quite pull off. But this one was beautiful. Bozak's there to knock it in on the back door. There's um, just under seven minutes left, and you know the Blackhawks are really bra- bad, so maybe something happens. Um, but, uh, it happened very quickly <laughs> and it happened from the unlikeliest of sources. I'm so happy that these are the two guys that scored the tying and winning goals here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does so much for your confidence and for your feeling like part of the team. You know, I feel yeah. like, uh, Jacob Delarose gets his first as a blue, his second of the season on a really just a kind of a soft backhand scoop toss from the crease, but Crawford's out of position and he went from, um, you know, sometimes when you like come out of Super Saiyan and you're like exhausted <laughs> and you can't move so good, that's kind of what this was, you know, <laughs> uh, he just, he 
completely turned back into a pumpkin and uh this one just got past him when you know he was probably screened a little bit but he didn't really have an excuse I, to yeah i it. guess pucks come weird off the backhand you know well, hard yeah, to read would yeah. be my only defense i mean delarose lifted it yeah. give him credit but it was a nice shot for a 20 foot backhand but mm-hmm. it was a 20 foot backhand. it seemed like a really weird like wow that's from far out <laughs> And then uh, Robert Thomas once again with yet another beautiful assist, this time to Justin Falk, unmanned to Crawford's right. Uh, everybody is watching Thomas at this point. He's got he's drawn three defenders to him, um, and nobody, including whoever number five is, uh, is looking at Falk. And he is there to uh, beat Crawford five-hole for his second goal of the season for the game winner at 1734. <clears throat> Robert Thomas has a three-point night. Tyler Bozak, two goals uh, in his 700th game. And the Blues uh, re- re-instigate Roar Bacon against mm-hmm. uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. How did this game feel to you, Ian? It felt fantastic <laughs> because I definitely thought at 3-0 this game was over. I'm sure most people did, but it... It was nice to see I this team score. So, I do think there's some clowns out there, nobody who listens to this podcast. No, no. Who, like, You're the best hockey Don't fan. tweet anything, but then when something happens and the team comes back, they're like, how how dare you doubt them? And it's like, come on, guys. Yeah. We all know. Nobody nobody was like, this team's definitely winning at 3 nothing. Yeah, you know? especially like, after a three-game losing streak, you beat Vegas. You looked fine beating Vegas. But uh, then it's like, okay, we, didn't, we haven't learned. I definitely remember thinking that. It's like, we... That was a fluke win, uh-huh. in a way. I mean, they earned it, but it's like, okay, we're back to our losing ways yet again. And I, God knows I didn't think we were going to score four goals, especially in regulation of all things, too. It's like, oh, at least we go to overtime. We're back to being the overtime blues. Uh-huh. But this was in regulation. Oh, man, that Cr- Crawford looked awful on that fourth goal. I'm just looking at this death. I <laughs> yep. just don't know what happened. He, uh, like, he like really just... <laughs> <laughs> Against what? For what purpose? <laughs> just kind of like made a move. Oh, here comes the puck, baby. Uh, I feel a little bad for him. Vertigo's probably sucks, you know, so I'm glad that he's back playing <laughs> hockey. <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> poor guy, I feel for him. But yeah, it was a great win. It was, You love beating the Blackhawks. You love when you're wearing those powder blue jerseys. We rarely win on Saturdays, it feels like. We finally won on a Saturday in those jerseys. Uh, it felt good. It felt great. My feed when I was watching this game, because I was watching through an illegal stream. Um, no one has ever done sorry, that. I'm so sorry. Uh, it would pause every once in a while, and then it would pick back up. And so I was like a whole minute and a half behind this game, and I would just check Twitter periodically. And it was more fun to be like down when we're like, wow, uh-huh. it's 3-1. And then look at my phone and be like, oh, it will be 3-3 soon. <laughs> <laughs> like, is this is interesting. Where you're just like, ooh, how's this going to happen? I know, I didn't see who scored, and I was like, this should be fun. And I was like... <laughs> Jacob Delarose. Well, you're like Jacob Delarose is on the ice, so it's not going to be not now. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, that's awesome. The Blues ended up out shooting the Blackhawks 38 to 22, uh, but only won 43% of the faceoff battles. We haven't been doing great in faceoffs this year, mm. have we? I need to look at the team percentages and see how we're doing overall. Uh, out hit them, got out blocked, won the Corsi battle for once 66%. 
to 33% overall at even strength. Uh, we had 14 high danger mm-hmm. chances to their two in the whole game. So this was really a game that never should have been <laughs> yeah. in doubt, but uh, it certainly was for a while there. And um, I'm glad they pulled it out. It's always good. I mean, it's always good to win a game like that. It's so much more special against the Blackhawks, mm-hmm. especially after that little Kane celly. Uh, yeah. So just, man, just I'm glad because after that 4 nothing, there mm-hmm. was a part of me, and I know this is borderline heresy, but there was a part of me that almost felt bad for the Blackhawks. <laughs> like the journey from the top of the mountain mm-hmm. to total irrelevance happened so fast. Mm-hmm. It just, I think... I think it's just like the switch when Nashville swept him and then we beat him the following year. It was just like... Oh, we beat him and then the Oh, Nashville was it? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You're oh, right. no, it was always us. It was us. You're right, we killed him. But, um, but seriously, like, what hangs in the balance of Brower not knocking in that 15-16 goal right? the last time he played for the St. Louis they won. What happens uh, if he uh, doesn't score there, you yeah. know? Yeah, because they won in 2015. Yeah. So that yeah, that's a huge. It's just complete yeah, drop off the, the face of the planet. Stanley Cup champion. Oh man! On a goal by Troy Brower, who only spent one season as a St. Louis Blue <laughs> that <laughs> season, yeah. and and this new young Troy Brower that, <laughs> right, 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 that right, we right. somehow drafted at some point. I don't know, I don't know where he came from. Missed the prospect pyramid entirely. Yeah. But uh, we know he must be promising because he got this call up so fast. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, good for him. Good for you, young, new, totally different Troy Brower. Uh, you have anything else to add about this game before we move on? No. All right. St. Louis Blues versus Colorado Avalanche. This was a day. Uh, people were not pleased that this game happened. And then at its happening, it seemed like not that big a deal. Yeah. I don't know. How was your commute? You went to this game. Yeah, I went to the game. Snow snowpocalypse. So we drove to... The regular parking spot, which is Union Station, going through the back, past whatever that is, Maggie O's and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, park back there. Normally, that's one giant parking lot, but because they're doing the Polar Express thing for the children down uh-huh. there, they have moved the train so it completely cuts off one the back part of Union Station parking lot from the front. So we had to walk all the way around and buy the Ferris wheel and everything. It was an ordeal. Uh, no, it was fine. I was actually, we went down really early, my dad and I, and I was surprised how many people showed up by, like, the beginning of the game. The place was completely uh-huh. full. Yeah, it did really well. I'm, I'm happy for our fans. Uh, I think, you know, the snow wasn't ever quite as bad as we thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. I know it's groundbreaking that St. Louis meteorologists would get something wrong. <laughs> but, um, but it was, I mean, it was still a very snowy day, and it was, you know, I'm sure treacherous for some and treacherous mm-hmm. walking sidewalks and stuff but uh the mini replica stanley cups they gave them out fantastic did great. you get one you got mm-hmm. one that's yeah. good i can um, drink a shot of milk out of it <laughs> but you wouldn't because i, wouldn't do that. I didn't earn folk. it i also didn't earn it oh well that's true yeah, yeah 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 i'm dry folk no i'll drink milk i'm just not gonna drink <laughs> milk with cereal i will eat uh, i will literally yeah. eat cereal no, 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 no. chop right. on yeah. it and swig milk yeah, like the yeah. thing that you uh, know as if they were combined Je- in the bowl yep. but i would never and, do that and jeffrey epstein killed himself right <laughs> yeah, this, this, all, this all we makes got sense it. okay got so Big old uh, <laughs> barbershop was out injured in this game he suffered him i 
sounds fairly mild injury in the uh, Chicago game. Yeah, it sounds day to day. Zach Sanford is back in, and Nico Mikola was on during warm-ups? Yes, he was on the ice. My dad asked me who number 77 was, and I was like, there's no 77 here <laughs> And I looked down, did and we, there's 77. Did we ever solve that puzzle? No, and I I think I've seen this happen before. I think I saw this happen last year. There were guys that were fully dressed, and then they didn't play. They were scratches. Huh. But uh, maybe you're allowed to, and sure. I don't ma- know. Are you are game time decisions literally, literally game, game time, time whereas, whereas they're walking off you, Ruby's like, eh, not you. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh, this game started with something I want to rant briefly about. Uh, well, it didn't start with this, it happened midway through the period. But Callie Rosen tripped Mackenzie McEachern, who then got an embellishment call, and this makes no damn sense. If he was actually tripped, he wasn't embellishing anything. If he was embellishing anything, you shouldn't box the other guy for tripping. I don't see how it makes sense that you call both. It might make sense that you call cross-checking mm-hmm. an embellishment or, yeah. you know, hit from behind an embellishment or whatever, slashing an embellishment, a uh, high stick an embellishment. But it doesn't make sense that you call tripping an embellishment because unless he, like careens over on his skull and cries out in pain uh i just don't like either he's brought down by the guy's stick mm-hmm. or he's not and it you know it shouldn't be both i don't know how did you feel about this weird i mean it didn't ultimately matter in the game but yeah. it just strikes me as a frustrating i thing. think mckechran went down really easily uh-huh. he definitely does not even do the trip like the traditional like oh i'm corkscrewed and i'm falling weird he just kind of does like a weird like Yay! Like, you know how a person would flop on their stomach to go down yeah, like a I've slip seen, and slide? I've seen Esselando, yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, whoopee! Um, but, so I think he went down, I do think he went down fairly easily. But I don't, what I think happened was they called it a trip. They said, shit, that's not a trip. He just kind of fell over. And they go, okay, well, we can't say it's not a trip. I'm like, okay, well, then we'll call it embellishment. That's probably true, and that's just crap. No, that's terrible. But... Haven't they called, also because, called a penalty back this year in another game? Yeah. Like, there was a high stick, and they were like, actually, never mind. Not yeah, a stick. I think so. You can do that. Yeah, Just and that was like, like a eh, critical okay, time. Mind. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, David Perron opens the scoring on uh, his 13th goal of the season. Spoiler, not his last goal of the night. Uh, he is very good at hockey. Ryan O'Reilly and Oscar Sundquist also very good. Holy I, shit, I love this that goal. line. Uh, yeah, that is a... Just any, I mean, like, it's, I don't remember the Blues during our time watching, other than, like, the year that Shin Schwartz and Tarasenko were really good at having two players as, like, unseparable as O'Reilly and Perron. Are you forgetting Vladimir Tarasenko and Yuri Latera? Oh, God. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, they were you're unseparable right. because without because Tarasenko. Because one of them was an anchor that <laughs> Tarasenko had to drag her yeah. One was only meant to feed the other. <laughs> and he couldn't feed no one else. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um... Yeah, this was just a, a nuts play. You've all seen it. Perron fights off Burakovsky at the blue line, enters the zone onside, which 
I still haven't seen an angle of this where I'm convinced he's onside, but they didn't even challenge, so fine by me. Uh, he gets it to O'Reilly. O'Reilly outmaneuvers Ryan Graves, which probably isn't too difficult, and makes an unbelievable pass oh, through traffic. Back that's to, foreshadowing. <laughs> back to Perron on the back door. Although, I think during the game they said Ryan Graves is the NHL leader in plus-minus, which, as we always know, all know, is a very valuable statistic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good for him. But yeah, he makes the pass through back door through traffic to Perron, who is there, wide open net. Grubauer has no clue that Perron is there or that the pass is even happening <laughs> and he just sort of shrugs as the puck goes into the net I've it's never, one of my I've favorite highlights yeah just watching him go uh, uh, uh. <laughs> you know it's like the uh complete inverse of the halak like ah where is it behind me sort of thing it's mm-hmm. like the dead opposite of that because a lot of times halak would do that when he had saved it mm-hmm. and this was grubauer doing the opposite of that when he hadn't <laughs> saved it just like yeah, eh. literally it was like ah we'll get it it's we'll score there. another goal i'm sure uh in the av scored a goal in the second period tell me was it or was it not within the first minute of play it was. Uh, of course it was. Nazem Kadri, the secret weapon, the underpriced secret weapon, assisted by Ryan Graves. Hard to move around him, I've heard. <laughs> uh, he passed the puck from behind the goal line, through the slot to Kadri, who quickly whipped the puck to Bennington's left and into the net. Miko Rantanen added to the scoring nine minutes later, his ninth of the year after returning from the injury he sustained on our ice. It was him and not Landis Cog who got hurt, right? Because yep. they both got seriously hurt around the same time. But mm-hmm. Rantanen was the one who got hurt here. Gerard fades a puck to Rantanen at the right circle. He blasts a laser past Bennington. There's not much you can do. Uh, ben- Bennington looks a little slidey, uh, but it's also Rantanen shooting a puck, and he lasered at top corner. So what you going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bortuzzo high stick after, uh, I think this was the game that uh, Darren Pang spent the whole night pumping his tires uh, <laughs> because Darren Pang likes to do that. Kadri taked, taked, took a double minor uh, for high sticking when he draws blood on Pareko, and that was when the game changed. Mm-hmm. I sent out an innocent little tweet like, goes without saying, but it sure would be nice to score here, <laughs> only thinking in my wildest imagination, that they might get one power play goal in four minutes. But they got two! Back-to-back, 1847 and 1923. David Perron, his second of the night. Uh, Schwartz backhanded the puck from the back left corner. Petrangelo got it at the blue line, walked the line, passed the puck to Perron at the top of the left circle, and he moved in towards the left dot and does his best Tarasenko impression, wiring a wrister over Grubauer's right shoulder. He is doing everything better than mm-hmm. he did anything before going to Vegas. Yeah, like you said, he's, he leveled up. Yeah. He's Super Saiyan 2, David Yeah, Perron. that's right, that's right. Um... Vince Dunn scored the second, our very own baby boy, his fifth of the season. Bozak and Falk assisted. Uh, this was a scrum along the left board in Colorado zone. Falk came away with the puck and passed it to Dunn. At the left point, Dunn finds open ice. He skates in towards the net. Then he passes the puck through the slot to his right on a wide open Bozak. Quickly passed the puck back to Dunn, who redirects it into the net behind Grubauer. A couple goals here where Grubauer is totally helpless. Mm-hmm. Um phenomenal give-and-go play by Dunn and Bozak. Do you have thoughts on either of the power play goals? The Blues are now up 3-2 to two late in the second period. We're, we're seeing more creative offense. I like it. 
I love it. I want some more of it. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> now, that's who we're getting sued by, the Nashville Predators. Oh, boy. <laughs> but the defense by some of the, or the lack thereof, by some of the defensemen for Colorado is just atrocious here. Or our passing is just that good. Because, I mean, the Dunn puts it between two defensemen to get to Bozak, and Bozak's able to put it by the exact same defenseman to get it back to Dunn. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Is that defenseman Ryan Graves? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Oh, Ryan Graves... You had a bad night. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, certainly did. Let's see. Uh, I'm looking up the roster numbers now. Ian, uh, Jordan Cairo scored his first goal of the season, his second in the NHL as a blue. Uh, mm. His un- totally unassisted halfway through the third period. Would you please describe this goal and then tell us what you texted about it afterwards <laughs> and to whom? Uh, well, let me <laughs> if des- you're willing. Let me, descri- if you're willing. let me describe the goal. So here's here's a few more uh, Colorado defensemen doing nothing. Uh, Zadarov <laughs> tried to pass the puck to Donskoy, but Kyra picked the pass off in the neutral zone. With a head of steam, Kyra flies into the Avs zone, goes wide right, beating Graves. Uh, by the way, it, it was Ryan Graves. Great. Turns total. That's perfect. Yeah, Kairou beats Graves wide right, gets Grubauer to bite and go down to the butterfly, uh, turns behind the net and tucks the puck right around the post in for a goal for one of the most efficient wraparounds I've ever seen. Eat your G-darn heart out, Magnus Man, it was it was done before it even started. That's because right. I was That was the first time I've ever seen someone go behind for a mm-hmm. wraparound and thought... He's going to score. Oh, for A lot of wraparounds. I mean, admittedly, Grubauer was all the way out of position at this point, but still. I feel like a lot of wraparounds, the guy that's wrapping around is already on the side of the net uh-huh. with his body when he's trying to wrap it around, and Kyra was still right behind and just tucked it literally right around yeah. the post. Oh, yeah. And don't. Not a broad sweeping motion. None of that. Don't overlook what that says about both his stick handling and skating ability, because he is right on the net as mm-hmm. he glides around it without you know moving at all, mm-hmm. and then his stick just tucks it in with no effort. This was um, the fastest I think I've seen him move at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. This was the first time where someone told him or he just realized he could unleash his speed. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times he's deferring to other guys, he doesn't think he has the space for it, but it's like, man... You've got the speed, you can create the space, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. Yeah. Uh, I texted um, I texted <laughs> who I thought was a group chat with all of us, an all-cap speed kills, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then I found out that was to my girlfriend, <laughs> which I apologize. <laughs> but she was watching the game, so thankfully she kind of understood what was going on. <laughs> And said, "That's okay. You're just you're just really into the game." And I was like, "That's it. You got it." <laughs> oh boy! Ah, <laughs> oh, that's a great moment. That that goal. We grew closer. <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's right. As you said on the notes, don't sleep on Zadarov. Both making the pass that gets picked off and doing nothing but stare. Just watch him. Oh my Uh, god, he literally (laughs) is in a place where he could stop the wraparound and he parks it to watch the whole thing. He goes, here he comes. Oh shit, he's he's really going to do it, isn't he? He's so fucking fast. Um, This is about the happiest I've been about a (laughs) non-deciding regulation regular season goal dead center not first goal of a Mm -hmm. career not 40th goal of the season just 
Yeah. Oh boy, I was excited. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit more why in the uh, Taylor Hall discussion later on. But some of y'all went full crazy this <laughs> week, and we'll discuss it. Uh, David Perron gets the hat trick with his empty net goal, which is at sixteen oh five, which seems very weird, but that's a very avalanche thing to do. Yeah, they um, started that with why. I believe. Yeah, yeah, they haven't ever stopped. And I guess, hey, if you can ice a line of six that includes, you know, McKinnon. Uh, Ranton and Landis Cog in whichever of like Kadri or like Burakovsky or whoever you feel like putting on there might as well I guess mm-hmm. uh, but it didn't work out uh, Sunquist gains possession flips it to Braun and he shoots the puck into the empty net from the blue line to get his fifth fifth career mm-hmm. hat trick very impressive Ray Ferraro had nine <laughs> <laughs> I know this only, I know this only because every time you get a hat trick in NHL 1920 uh, which is a lot because it's NHL 20 he says I had nine of these in my career and you never forget any of them and it's like apparently, oh, you apparently happens so. <laughs> I hope I hope he had 11 <laughs> somebody just leans over Snoop Dogg he's in the new patch he appears like two out of every three second period to say the same rehearsed line. Two out of every three. He just leans over and goes, actually, Ray, you had 11. Uh, Ian, why don't you describe (laughs) the feel of this game? You were at it live. Yeah, this game felt fun. The crowd was into it. Both teams were drawing at each other all night. The game is what hockey is all about. Uh, This game also showed we have the ability to score, which, I mean, has just been sort of emphasized between this game and the last game against Chicago. The talent is there. You just need to let it loose. Kind of like Jordan Cairo. The monster's loose. That's a meatloaf song. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Cairo is a baller. He got bumped down to the fourth line, not for the last time, but he still looked like a beast. I am in love. 35 shots. The Avs had 28. Everything else was roughly even. Blues had a slight advantage on Corsi 4 and 10 high danger chances to the Avalanche 8. Anything more to say about this game before we go on to uh, the Oilers matchup? Mm, I was glad that we beat this team too because they were second. I think the Avs are second, or at least as of that night, were second in the Central. And they were we were one point ahead of them. I think they have a couple games in hand on us, so getting that little bit of distance between them was nice. Yeah, it's, it's really helpful to uh, just, I mean, it's it's impressive, I guess, and we shouldn't overlook the fact, as tempted as I sometimes am to be a pessimist, that this team is like solidly in control of the division mm-hmm. despite being severely undermanned. <laughs> I mean, I realize now we're basically down to just Tarasenko and the minor injury to Barbashev, and by the way, a possible Blay. injury to oh, and Blay, mm-hmm. and a possible injury to Bennington that we're not really talking about that must not be major at all. But he also didn't practice today, so I don't know what's going on. But last mm-hmm. of maintenance um, days that uh, led to Jake Allen getting his second home start of the season. He had an eight seventy five home uh, save percentage mm-hmm. in a start and a cleanup duty so far this season. People were not thrilled. I was, I gotta say, for me, largely mm-hmm. indifferent. Figured, <laughs> That's very positive yeah, for you. Exactly. It's extremely positive. Um, I don't, I'm not in the crowd that we need to start Allen 30 or 40 times this year, but 
as long as he's doing well. So here's the one thing. You have to start him at home some point just to see. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd choose the Connor McDavid game. Uh, but <laughs> they did. I mean, they were forced to, apparently. So, And I think he also did really well, if I recall correctly, in Edmonton against them. So, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, has, has their number, supposedly. Also, Av's game... Last game was the first time the Leafs scored on the power play since they beat the Chicago Blackhawks back in De on December 2nd or 3rd, I believe. Uh -huh. So there you go. It's a slight improvement here and there, <laughs> aside, from, aside from actually getting the points and the win. Yeah, and I mean, this was turned out to be a, a goaltender duel. Credit mm -hmm. to Jake Allen. This was a goalie Who duel. Who would have thought? Both goalies uh, were sliding around on their flat <laughs> differentiated crotches. Damn it. I couldn't get it out. Uh, I you, to, your I face so hard. made no sense <laughs> until you said that line because, folks, his face looked calculating for maybe like the last 10 seconds. It looked as if you were thinking something while saying yep. something else and i was like i want i wonder what the fuck's going on and there we <laughs> I knew, have it, I knew I'd flat, it undifferentiated crotches <sighs> folks go see the movie cat <laughs> it's I, got lots of that i came across a thread today i really wish i'd pulled that off for you for christmas i screwed it up for christmas like, christmas gonna is have ruined. to be even better but um yeah i saw i came across a thread today on ign um that just was basically to the effect of these are all the crazy things that like bro that broken movie reviewers had to say about the awful cats movie and one of them was a tweet that was like a just a just a list of phrases that this one reviews <laughs> reviewer used and one of those phrases was flat undifferentiated <laughs> crotches and so ian challenged me to slide this in here i thought i picked a pretty good spot if i pulled off the execution uh the other time the other time by Six the way when you earlier mentioned slip and slides we moved on too quick but i really wanted to say yeah when they slide down and they're flat <laughs> <undifferentiated> <laughs> crotches uh, you think you would have landed it better there it probably think, yeah i think because it wasn't because this one i thought about in advance and that was a mistake that was really the mistake never so, think about yeah, no, <laughs> no, certainly not in advance uh in <laughs> Only when presented with uh, one. This was the game in which Zach Cassian was Zach Madigan. Um, mm. Not to be confused with Kathleen Madigan, the brilliant and very talented uh, comedian from St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, For Ferguson? Florissant? Somewhere out there. So. At least she's from St. Louis Blue's side. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, the Missouri yeah. side. People yeah. are like, I'm None from St. Louis. Side. And they're like, I'm actually from Collinsville. I'm from Springfield. Yeah, uh, you're not from even close to St. Louis. I'm from Springfield. Um, uh. Ian... Tell us about what happened with the officiating of this first oh, game. Oh, yeah. So, holy fucking refing Batman. <laughs> that was bad. I, this this ref they had, who I can't remember the name of, holy looked young. Batman. Ba I know. I thought about it. <laughs> I didn't know if our fans would know that. Uh, our many fans would know that Gary Batman is an inept... Is the commissioner. Yeah, the leader of the NHL. Thing. I try and block it out of my own mind. So... He just crossed his 26th anniversary or so. Man, that's nuts. Yep. Right. Yep. No other G. No other commissioner has passed like say, ten at this point. I think Adele's maybe at like ten or twelve. Hmm. Not great. Not a great look for a your little, league. A little too long, I'd say. Yeah. I don't even really mind them that much, but a little too long. 
Yeah. We need a fresh face. need a fresh face. And and, uh, what's his name? Um, Bill Daly is just not going to live that much longer. So you got to give him a chance. Then that way Colin Campbell can step up and do the card flipping and... It'll just be as white and as old as can be. <laughs> Sometimes I don't know why I enjoy hockey. <laughs> I sure don't. All right. I really don't enjoy that he pronounces it Colin Campbell. He could just pronounce it Colin. He chooses not that to. That is <laughs> His parents chose not to. That's his parents' fault. Poor Colin's parents. It's true. It's true. Go on. Go okay. on. Walk us through this. So I hate Colin Campbell. Yeah, that's okay. A lot of people do. A lot Not of his parents for though. Colin Powell. Very different. He's a he's a hero, you know. So so it's not the name. It's not the it's well. The it actual is, person. It is the name, but it is the person too. Like I have to respect Colin Powell as a war hero in spite of of the name. The name oh, Colin. He's he's persevered. <laughs> he's <laughs> see. overcome. Oh. God. <laughs> Not like that. Let's move on. Let's move on. To happier things. So 1635, (laughs) end of the period, Sunquist gets called for holding Ethan Bear. Great last name. I didn't realize it was actually spelled like the animal. Awesome. Uh It's a hold. The call is fine. (laughs) You thought it was probably (laughs) B-E-H-R-E-R, like Gostas Bear. Yeah. Uh, Sunquist gains control of the puck after holding Bear. The whistle is blown so Edmonton can be on the power play. All things make sense. Uh, right as Sunquist is flipping the puck to center ice, you know, because the whistle blew and play is over. Uh, Zach Cassian decides to skate at Sunquist, leave his feet, and slam Sunquist into the boards. Mm. Uh, there is some head-to-shoulder contact. Which incidental, I saw one person sure. call boarding, not boarding, not but boarding. not legal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have to figure, uh, you know, some head contact will happen when you launch yourself into somebody. Uh-huh. Moving upwards towards where the head is. Uh, so Cassian gets called for roughing or something, and we go four and four. Oh, wait! No! He didn't get called for that at all! He got called for fucking Jack Squats! He got nothing! Zero! I, I knew where this was going, but I... You took me on the ride well enough that I was like, Oh, he was called for roughing. Why are we so upset? Um, nothing! Nothing! It's unbelievable. Sunquist fell over. He's, he's kind of on all fours, you know, holding his head. It doesn't look terrible, but it does not look great. He gets up, and I think, I believe he goes to the bench, and he goes down the tunnel, probably for a concussion protocol. And he came back in the game, and uh-huh. he played, and he looked fine, as far as I can tell. But the fact that there was not an offsetting penalty for that, it's it, I get it's like a one Mississippi. It was like whistle, hit. Or whatever, but you can stop. You can stop. You're supposed you to can, stop during play. Sometimes you can still run into him and do the the chest bump thing. You know, hey man, for because I don't know what he fucking pissed at Sunquest for. I don't remember this play. He wasn't holding him. Yeah, I have no idea what Casting's all pissed about. But he actually launches himself into him. Now, granted, he's not doing some giant leap, but he does leave his skates. And Casting's a pretty big guy, and Sunquest, while larger or while pretty large dude himself, isn't. Cassian's height and I'm sure Cassian's trying to go shoulder to shoulder but his shoulder does hit like the chin or the bottom half of Sunquist's face which would already been rearranged by uh, the Capitals um, what's his face? Tom Wilson uh-huh. before and I was like well maybe this either reverts Sunquist back into old Sunquist God forbid or maybe much like when Saiyans are in a fight and they lose they thus become stronger and he graduates to Super Sunquist 3 or whatever you know <laughs> uh 
Oh, oh, and then the ref calls Petra for a weak slashing call about three minutes later, and it's just like the icing on the fucking cake. Uh, Thankfully, nothing came of this, but it seemed like they really needed Edmonton, who, quite honestly, as far as they're concerned, are in a tailspin right now. Mm. They needed Edmonton to get back in this game. And they tried their hardest. Just, uh, there were also, the there was news, a lot of calls in this game. The good news is, Too that will calls. be the end of... That would be the last we'd see of Zach Cathy and, and bad officiating, questionable officiating calls that was in this it. game, right? So, nothing nothing left to see, right? Yep. Okay. okay We've well. moved on. Everyone's moved on. All right. So, Brayden Shin opens the scoring eight minutes into the second period, finally getting one goal past uh, Miko Koskinen and the three hairs on his head. <laughs> um, Vince Dunn assisted. Jaden Schwartz assisted. Schwartz does a great job stripping Neil. Of the puck as Neil enters the Blues zone. Uh, not the real deal on this play. Mm. Uh, Schwartz passes the puck to Dunn in the high slot. Dunn makes the awesome heads-up play. Uh, pass to Shin for a breakaway. And Shin skates just inside the top of the circle and risks the puck over the top of Koskin and Squavin into the net. Make or move around the goalie, you say? No, I'm just going to snipe it from <laughs> this crease. Uh, and you know what? It worked, so I got no complaints. Uh, any thoughts on this goal? Hot. Hot. I like it. Uh, that was a really good play by Schwartz. It was a really good... The pass from Dunn was great, and the play from Schwartz to sh- strip the... Uh, to steal off of James Neal uh, was really nice. He, he's, well, he was a honey badger on it. He would not be denied. Steal from Neal. Steal from Neal. Door the Explorer, also a, a slant run. Uh, well, steal from Neil's just a real rhyme. I'm yeah. an idiot. Let's move on. <laughs> like, what's happening? Mackenzie McEachern scored a goal, Ian. You like this goal? You want to talk about it? It was also hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Perron rims the puck around the left boards to O'Reilly behind the net. O'Reilly fights off an Edmonton defender as he reverses direction and skates a little to the left the left of the net. And McEachern comes streaking into the zone from a fresh line change. O'Reilly finds him with a sweet backhand saucer pass that goes over defender's stick and under Koskinen's stick and McEachern buries the puck in the back of the net to Koskinen's left uh, oh Ryan O'Reilly is so smooth so so smooth it was a great little saucer that managed to thread it literally thread its way up over a stick and then down under another stick to get to McEachern who I believe barely celebrates in this goal because he's just like fuck it dude like might as well be a Ryan O'Reilly goal like I just I just tapped the thing in Mm, so sweet so yeah. so sweet i mean it, it must be nice to play on a line with ryan o'reilly when you really think about it mm-hmm. i mean it's just got to be like hey free goals occasionally free, yeah you yeah. don't have to do the work i mean david perron who's been amazing this season on his own you know in his own right again that o'reilly pass to him in the abs game is just like the dude's just laughing mm-hmm. he's like well fuck i don't know like how the <laughs> fuck was i supposed to know i was gonna get the puck over here no one did not even the goalie it's like if you know if you like ice cream you go to ben and jerry's if you mm. like pizza you go to pizza hut and mm. if you like goals play on ryan o'reilly's line because you're gonna get some mm. i'm confident i could get two nhl goals if i was a good enough skater to not just die mm. and by playing on ryan o'reilly's line i think uh, two i think i could get two just by accident. Um, someone out there is very much right now like, no, someone's, you could not see it. Yeah, someone's typing a letter to their senator, <laughs> for sure. Dear dot 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 
Blizzard. <laughs> um, it is that time of year, folks, to write your letters to Blizzard Entertainment mm. and just complain vociferously. Yeah, about. have they said anything about Hong Kong? Uh, that's no, they have not a word. Nope, they sure have. In fact, some controversy around that. So, uh, get the type. <laughs> speaking of controversy, how about hey. this goal that wasn't a goal that was, in fact, a goal ending Jake Allen's shutout? A real goal. Very real. So real. Would you mm. like to talk about this very real, very oh, real yes. goal? Uh, the Oilers pulled their goalie for the extra attacker in the last, I believe, three minutes. Neil passes the puck from behind the goal line in the left corner all the way to Dreisaitl at the right faceoff dot. That's a great pass. The puck deflects off Cassian and behind the net from Dreisaitl's shot. Uh, Neil recovers the puck as he sweeps in behind the net, moves out from behind the goal line, and shoots the puck and scores on an empty net. But why was the net empty? Well, when Dreisaitl made the initial shot, Allen skated to the top of the crease to cut off the angle. When the shot deflects off Cassian, who is to Allen's right, the puck goes behind the net. As Allen tries to re-enter the blue paint, he runs into Cassian and is unable to reassume his position in net before Neil scores the goal. The Blues challenge for goaltending interference. I personally did not like this challenge. Yes, Cassian makes contact with Allen, preventing him from getting back in the net, but the contact seems incidental and Allen is out of the crease and in open ice. No one moved him from the position except himself. I don't know, I honestly don't know the letter of the law on this, but just from my layman's eyes when I watched it, I was like, there is interference, someone has stepped in Allen's way, mm -hmm. but not on purpose, and Allen is out in the ice on his own. I understand why people think this is interference, but it's it won't be. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. <laughs> Steven, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I, there's a part of me that's just like, get rid of goalie interference. Mm -hmm. Because it causes infinitely more controversy mm -hmm. than it should. Um, you know what was a nice rule? You know what was a nice rule? Oh, no. It wasn't, because it also I'm... caused plenty of controversy. <laughs> but like, yeah. the idea of a crease meaning anything. Let's not even say skate in the crease. But just the idea that it means anything at all and isn't just there for decoration, which is literally what it yeah, is. Yeah, they just kind of like he was in it's the crease. It's just like but the crease cares. exists. Yeah, it's always existed, so a hockey rink would look weird without one. But mm -hmm. that's literally all it is, and to mark like what the goal is behind, I guess. Um, it would be nice if that meant something, mm -hmm. though. And then you could look at this one and you could say, okay, Allen's out of the crease. The contact happened, but he's. Like in on the ice surface, mm. so what are you gonna do? I I have no problem really watching this back several times now with it being a goal. And hey, we won the game, mm -hmm. so I care even less. You know, I'm I'm real good at giving up on controversy if we win a game. <laughs> Surprise! Um, but at the same time, it's just like nobody knows what goalie interference is. Mm. It's not, and 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 the NHL does not seem concerned in the slightest. With that fact. They're, very, least, they're not concerned about the right things. At least the NFL sure. has tried every year to define what a catch is. It has, I think it's worked better this year than <laughs> it has in the past. They'll screw it up in the playoffs. But, like, at least they try. Every year they do something. They're like, okay, we should know what one of the very basic <laughs> fundamental rules of our game is. Like, our referees that happens should all know the time. what they're calling. Um <laughs> And it's just baffling to me that we still have several plays a week where some fan base is furious because we don't know what goalie interference is. This 
shouldn't be goalie interference. Mm-hmm. And also, it totally should be. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know what it is. <laughs> so how can I tell you what it should be? A guy railroads our goaltender. Just plows through him. Just Zach Cassian. Yeah, Zach Cassian. Just absolutely prevents him from making a play on the puck. Temporarily prevents him from living his life how he chooses. <laughs> but... Also, he's a mile out of his crease, so what do I know? But we won the game, so I'm not going to get any more animated about it than that. You should. But maybe just just fix your shit, NHL. Just fix your shit. They fix their shit a lot on with the Gary Bettman uh, patent-pending hotline. Mm-hmm. That's a start on a thing that they hotline really bling. needed to fix. That's right. That can only mean one thing. <laughs> when that hotline bling, it's very bad news. Very bad <laughs> Someone news. Someone has made a racist <laughs> remark. <laughs> Someone has made a terrible mistake. The one thing I hate about this, too, is I think they should get rid of the delay a game thing for challenging on something. Oh, the penalty? Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially to your point, if you don't, if you don't know what goaltender interference is, it's like, I guess... If I don't challenge this, am I bad? Am I a bad coach? You know, for not making this challenge, should I make it? And now I have, and now I'm wrong. So now I'm punished. It's. Do you think we make the I challenge? Like it. Say it's three to one. Mm-hmm. Do you think we make the challenge then, or do you think we're making it to possibly preserve Allen's shutout? Um. Uh... I think we're maybe it's to preserve the shadow. I didn't think about that at all. I was just thinking more that it's like, well, shit, they got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and they scored with two minutes left or like a minute 50 left in the game, and that's plenty of I time for them to th- tie it up. I also think another thing the NFL does, I'm not comfortable praising the NFL, <laughs> but another thing they do um, is some things just automatically get reviewed. Mm-hmm. Maybe instead of having a challenge be a penalty... Maybe if there's oh. queer contact on a goalie, yeah, but in a play, the like, NFL or the NHL has had up its own ass though, where it's yeah. like it just wants to leave. If, if they could, they would call like nothing. <laughs> nothing yeah. They just fucking call nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. As much as I think some people be like, oh no, they call random shit all the time. No, if it was up to them, they'd be like, fuck it, just do whatever you want, mm-hmm. because they're tired. They're just tired of calling this wimpy, this mamby pamby bullshit. It's because then they have to do that. It's like they're instructed. Well, you know, you've seen it every year. When they change a rule, or they're like, well, this is what hooking is now. Or at the beginning of the year, oh, we, oh, we're calling that real heavily. And then by the end of the year, they don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Yep. This is, is that even by someone? This is the NHL like, brought to you by Bruce Hornsby. I happen to know. That's a real song, right? Yeah. So that sounds like Muzak. No, punch yeah, through the wall, punch the wall of like radio. That dude got played on the radio, the, created that song to be played in every shopping mall on earth. That's just the way it is. Very good song. It's I mean, not. It's I was terrible. like, yeah, I like it, but also one of the worst songs ever. Awful. Uh, speaking of worst songs ever, why don't you tell us the feel <laughs> of this game? I've got the voice of all a songbird. Know, so as someone who didn't watch this game at yeah. all, I didn't get to see any of this game live, uh, all I took from the game was that we won, Alan looked great, the goalies looked great, and we hated Zach Cassian. Yeah. The dude, I've said this forever, the guy's got the face of a baby, of an ugly baby with like facial hair on it. And he's got the brains to match. It's just like, I don't, I, I don't know 
how he's employed by a team other than the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl make him look good on mm-hmm. the line. And I'm sure when he gets offered some large sum of money by some other idiot team, he will go back to being, because currently he's like a 20-point player. He'll probably be a 30-point player. He'll go back to being a 10-point player. You know, uh, it's like I don't, Edmonton needs help. This, Zach Cassian <laughs> is a statement on how bad Edmonton is around their two superstars. Anyways, the feel of this game, uh, the game was a lot closer than some would like you to believe. Allen had a superb game, and Koskinen looked steadier than I thought he would. Some might applaud the Blues' offense. They fired the most shots they have all year, I believe, but I tip my hat to their defensive play in this game. The shutdown the dynamic, the shutdown of the dynamic duo, being Dreisaitl and uh, McDavid, uh, and they didn't let the crap roughing get in the way on their road to the W. I thought Bo Meester and Preko looked really good, too. They were always out there against that line. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't let the speed burn them at all. I think just being giant men with long sticks... <laughs> You can clip that one. And flat on refrigerated <laughs> crotches. Yeah, you can't. Whose crotches? Whose? We'll never know. Um, helped a lot, the crotch part. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blues outshot the Oilers 44-36. to 36. Uh, Pretty even face-off percentage. Blues went 0-5. for 5. They also had a minute and a half 5-on-3 power play. What? It looked terrible. Okay. Let's talk about this. Yeah. We still haven't scored on a five on three in like two and a half years, right? Yeah, not since like twenty seventeen in the regular season. Oh, because I guess we scored a five on three in a power or in a playoff game. You beat. How is that possible? Mm, yeah, I don't know. Well, there haven't been that many opportunities, but it's like, but, but it's still even like if it's ten across it, three seasons. I, I want to say it's still like even if it's three, yeah. you should you should do it. They pass so slow, and they don't get the goalie to move at all, which I think is the biggest problem. We're and we're trying to like set up a screen, but then we don't want to pass because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to turn the puck over. It's five on three. I should control the puck the whole game. So we have a screen, but we don't use it, and then we pass it slowly to another guy, and then we don't <laughs> shoot it right away. So I'm like, what? Screen the guy and fire it. Pass it real quick and get a one timer. Do one of these two things. But don't not shoot, or they'll shoot and it just hits the hits the guy that's screening it anyways. It's really bad. We have like three guys on the outside. We literally have almost three guys yeah, playing the point. Our podcast isn't collapsing. You know, you should be stretching out when you need to separate the defenders and then crashing into the space they create. Mm-hmm. And we're not doing the crashing. We're certainly playing all the way back at the blue line. We're trying to stretch them out. Mm. But then we are either trying to... We're looking for the perfect pass mm. and not just moving the damn puck. And that we don't have guys... We don't have guys that can make the perfect pass. Well, we do. His name's Vince Dunn, but he doesn't <laughs> get to quarterback the power play. Uh, and, and when we have those guys, we don't always have guys that can finish them. Mm. So it's just, it's, I mean, and even so, the power play statistically is pretty good overall. It's just capable of some very inexplicable dry spells, including the five on three thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, uh, not Mark. What's the new goalie coach's name? Mark? Sure. Alexander. The, the Bruins guy. Oh, the Bruins guy? The guy with the stick tape. Uh, oh, Savard. Savard. Mark Savard. Like goalie coach. I was <laughs> oh, like sorry. Coach. Maybe I did power play coach. Yeah, Mark Savard. Um, 
he's done a, a fairly good job, yeah. I think, overall. But um, I still have yet to see him. Like, because I know he's not on the bench. Oh, right? is he in the box? I think he's in the box because it's Van Ryan, Van Ryan, and uh, on the bench. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. <clears throat> um, Blues. Sorry, I'm trying to fight the remnants of this cold and from two weeks ago. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say a Star Wars spoiler, but I won't. Uh, okay, good. Yeah, uh, it's not great, folks. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll review <laughs> in the future, probably. You know how we do with the, with the big blockbusters, um, and they're flat on different. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go see cats for <laughs> that's sure. Right, that's right. Now I need to see uh, these. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see him to believe him. Uh, the Blues had 56% of the Corsi in this game, and almost even high danger chances, 10 to 11, the Oilers with the slight advantage. Ian, the Blues uh, won three games in a row, finished the homestand with a four-game sweep, so they won four games in a row. They won the three we were talking about in a row this week. I'm not smart. They go out to play the Woeful Sharks and the Woeful Kings and the Things uh, look a little better. Just FYI. Just, we should okay, beat yeah, them. We should beat right, them. Right, yeah. You know, a wildfire <laughs> looks a little better than a garbage fire. It's still not an improvement. Oh, at least this one's in nature. <laughs> Maybe Kovalchuk was the cancer. Uh, and then we play Winnipeg on the road as well. Uh, and then we host Winnipeg Friday I like that. to Sunday, home and home. I don't think we've played Winnipeg at all yet this no. season. They're the only There's uh, that mystery of team. like who the hell is Hellebuck the entire team? How did mm-hmm. he become the entire team? A couple of fun milestones this week. Let's talk about this real quickly uh, because I want to. <laughs> uh, Craig Berube uh, tied Ken Hitchcock for... Uh, most wins through 100 games. Now, has he coached his 100th game? I wouldn't think that was his 100th regular season With game. With the Blues? Yeah. Couldn't possibly be, right? Oh. With the Blues, yeah. He's coached more than 100. No, it couldn't be. Because he doesn't even, like, even if he coached both, even if he coached half a season last year and half a season this year, which I guess he's close to. Which wouldn't be 100. That's not 100. Yeah, so he's, with his next win, he'll pass Hitchcock, I assume. Uh, but the more impressive, to me, number that I will try to look up um, is the Jordan Bennington number uh, about um, 40 wins in 60 games. Yeah. Uh, the, the list of people he joins um, is incredible. I know Frederick Anderson's on it. I'm sorry, I should have had this prepared. I just thought about <laughs> it, but um, I'll look it up. Uh, once I get there, we'll have. <laughs> but uh, the should list. I, should I fill? Yeah, I'm you fill, silently. You fill with talking about Craig Berube, and I'll get there eventually. Oh no, I'm not going to talk about Craig Berube. Oh, talk, talk about whatever you want. Talk about talk about Star Wars spoilers. <laughs> no, they'll tune out. The cats will tune out. They're already gone. The cats. The cats are, are here cats. for cats. They're here for cats. <laughs> They're flat on differentiated crotches. I think that's offensive to cats. <laughs> They're like, I'm one sex, and this one's the other. Come I found on. found it. But now do you okay, actually no, want to say no. what you were stalling? No. Okay. All right. But, uh, Jordan Peterson, with his uh, 40th win in his 59th game, uh, joins a list of only... One, did you two, say three, Jordan f- Peterson? <laughs> did I? Yeah. Jeez, I, that is a swing <laughs> and a bit. He's gone, baby. There is a Peters on this list right above him. So, <clears throat> Jordan Bennington. Bennington. 
Uh, both Canadian, though, so they do share that and nothing else. They're probably both white. Uh, well, that's true. And, and they both the have a tricky history with minorities. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what, a, All right. what a nice and fun way to say that. <laughs> got a tricky history with stealing I'm from tired. people. <laughs> I'm tired of these shenanigans. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Bennington joined a list of just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, counting him goalies, to have won 40 games in their first 60 appearances. That list is insanely, insanely impressive. Um, I'm trying to find out, find the sticky note where I wrote all this. There it is. Uh, <laughs> the first... The least impressive on the list is Frederick Anderson, who's probably a top five goalie in the league right now. Um, <laughs> Not and impressive. Also, just became the fourth fastest person to two hundred career wins. I think earlier this week. Um, he's been on. He's been playing longer than I thought. Mm-hmm. Or no, and he's just better than yeah. I thought. Like he's won like forty goals a season, or forty games a season for the past three or four years. Um, the next. Uh, person on the list that's relatively unimpressive is pete peters who won 40 and 58 games with philadelphia shares your last name spells it wrong which is probably why he only won one vesna trophy Mm -hmm. the bum uh the list also includes bill dernan who won 40 with in 53 games with montreal he has two vesna trophies two stanley cups and is in the hockey hall of fame um frank brimsek of Boston, 56 games. It's took him to do it. Two Vesna trophies, two cups, and a Hall of Fame. Tiny Thompson, 60 mm-hmm. games. It took him to do it Was with Boston. Was he 6'7", 300 pounds? Uh, probably, yeah. Uh, four Vesna trophies, one Stanley Cup, though. Real bum. And a Hall of Fame nomination. And then uh, many of you have heard of Ken Dryden, five Vesna's, six Stanley Cups, and a Hall of Fame nomination. That's... That tiny dude, sorry, has four Vesnas, one Stanley Cup, and he has a Hall of Fame. Is he in the Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah, sorry. They're okay. all, when I said, I kept saying nomination, they're all in the Hall of okay, Fame. Okay, I like nomination because I was like, I, you could take the cup away. If you've won four Vesnas, yeah. you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you should be. For okay, sure. gotcha. Um, impressive list, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, worse, not that he's going to become any of those guys, mm-hmm. but if the worst goalie he might project to be on that list is either a one-time Vesna winner or Freddie Anderson. I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Done and done. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think the questions about Bennington are answered now. I don't know what doubt could linger about his long-term viability in this league. I don't know. Where are you at with Jordan Bennington? I feel that same way. I guess I like to see him through this whole season. First, and, and then, then the maybe the playoffs, season. and, and then, then like yeah. three more yeah. seasons. I mean, this is first full season, but that's like his freshman season. So uh, what about the sophomore season next year? <laughs> that was a red shirt season. Yeah, oh, exactly. you're right. Next year is a sophomore. season. Really got to wait for the third season <laughs> to see what he's like in long. We've term. got. We really can't know about this year's Jordan Bennington until we have solid proof about last year's. Last year's. Last year's mm, Jordan Bennington. The jury's still out. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall, like you know, he's struggled at times this year, but never. Never anything 
disastrous. And the thing about him, I think we talked about it last week, you just have no fear that one bad performance is going to lead into another. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, I honestly, and maybe it's conditioned by watching too much bad Jake Allen when he's been at his worst, but I think that's like 70% of it for goalies. Mm-hmm. It's just between the years. I mean, because he's not as athletic as Allen in terms of pure, you know, ability on the ice. Yeah, definitely um, doesn't move He's got better positioning much. and some better technique, but he's not as athletic. Uh, but he just has it between the ears more than a lot of guys do, and he doesn't look nervous. So, <laughs> good for him. Um, are you ready to move on? Let's do it. Uh, Taylor Hall got traded to the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, um, after days of drama, several healthy scratches, the New Jersey Devils finally traded Ter- Taylor Hall to the Arizona Coyotes in exchange for Kevin Ball, because I guess you have to have something that rhymes in every trade. Oh. <laughs> um, he is a huge defenseman, good skater for his size, no power play potential, but will play at the NHL because of his size, physicality, and decent all-around play, and that's according to Corey Proudman, who ranked him third in his overall ranking of the Coyotes farm system. Uh, he sounds Edmondson-y to me, but he's also huge, so he's like a Colton Pareko body type, but a Joel Edmondson package, which I don't know that I'd take that, but you know, I wouldn't call <laughs> that the centerpiece me, of a no. deal. Um, Nick Merkley is fifth in Promen's ranking. He calls him a highly skilled and intelligent playmaker, but he's undersized, not a great skater, and not a great scorer. Is so. he related to the other Merkley? Yes, I believe he's his older brother and the saner brother. Oh, Although man. we haven't heard crap about Ryan Merkley, good or bad, since that draft. So it's almost like they invented a narrative to make us more interested in that <laughs> draft. Uh, and then the final prospect is Nate Schnarr, who I believe is... Oh. Michael Scar from The Office. That just, could have been our guy. It could have been. We need oh, the Schwartz, Schwartz to Schmaltz to Schnarr. To Schen to Schwartz. Schwartz to Schmaltz to Schnarr. To, uh, I feel like there was another one, wasn't there? Well, we had Chance. Yeah. But, I, anyway, anyway. I liked when we had Stasny and Steen, too. Yeah. Like, yeah, we'll just get them all. Uh, smart, skilled, not flashy. Schnar is six foot three. <laughs> Schnar is a Pokemon. That's like one of the Schnarr. awful Pokemon that they put no effort into. Schnar that evolves into Schnare. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, questions about his future NHL role, but he projects to be a bottom half guy. The uh, Devils also got a conditional first round pick in 2020, which is the condition is that it's top three protected. And are you ready to hear? <laughs> the very fun condition on the second pick that they got. Sure. It's a third round pick conditional. If the Coyotes either win a playoff round or Hall re-signs, it becomes a 2021 second round pick. And if they both win a playoff round and Hall re-signs, it becomes a 2021 first round pick. So, Man, I wish I could negotiate this. These are fun little levels <laughs> yeah. to make up. Yep. And if you get to the second round, you owe us a fun steak dinner. I like how there's yeah there seems to be no limit on what you can do with conditionality in a trade. Didn't we have a thing for Brodeur where like for every win he got we gave him like fifty thousand dollars? Yeah, uh-huh. in his contract. Yep. I love it. Or every shutout, something like that. Yeah. I think it was every win though. I love it. 
I thought there were like rules governing this. Yeah, thing. especially that like payments like uh-huh. that. I don't understand. I guess not though. I guess you can just performance bonus that the wazoo. I'll never understand. We must have had more bonuses. cap space back then. Um, if nothing else, this means that Robbie Fabry finally stops being the picture at the top of the NHL trade tracker. So that's that's good. nice for me. <laughs> um, this is Sleep better at this night. to me is a no doubter move for the Coyotes. It's the biggest thing to happen to the franchise, and I don't know how long. Uh, it really puts them on a map in a way that their really strong winning percentage based on uh, highly elevated goaltending numbers and almost no scoring could have ever put them. Uh, on the map, I mean, they were probably going to be a playoff team with or without Taylor Hall, but with Taylor Hall, they're a playoff team with a superstar, and mm-hmm. that's something they haven't had in a long time. Um, they don't have to give up either of their top two prospects, Baron ha- Barrett Hayton, who's a Thomas-esque center with elite potential, and Victor Soderstrom, who's yet another Swiss puck-moving defenseman. Uh, they're certainly hoping to sell Hall on re-signing, but there's no guarantee of that whatsoever. Um so, uh, you know, I if somebody's going to get Hall, I love the Coy- that Coyote's great. They're like an underdog, no pun intended, <laughs> franchise, and <laughs> I'm all for giving them a little bit of a bump. I think the more interesting question for us to discuss, since we are a Blues podcast, mm-hmm. is do you feel like the Blues should have matched this offer? There was a lot of talk in uh <laughs> you were scrunching up your face in disgust there was a lot of talk in advance of this that the blues should be in uh, there was a lot of talk that they were in yeah on um the trade uh for taylor hall they certainly were they certainly were at least in contact um but uh they're um wildly different reports on what we offered one offer said we offered robert thomas and Jake Allen, I can't imagine we offered that because I think they would have taken that. But um, there were people who were saying, trade Vince Dunn, trade Jordan Kyrou, trade Robert Thomas. We have to get Taylor Hall at all costs. Those people were insane. Mm-hmm. And I can't emphasize that enough, but I'm not going to try and relitigate that because I spent too much time trying to do that through the Twitter account already. But let me, why don't, before I get your opinion... Let me run down roughly what this package might have looked like if the Blues had surrendered it. In terms of names we know on our prospects. Equivalents. Which we can pull out. There it is. It's a little... I mean, I can barely read any of it. You know, but it's there. It's there. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The, uh... So they got, uh... According to Promen, the third, fifth, and seventh prospect in the, um... Coyotes system. Uh, that actually maps on in terms of like position versus position that actually maps onto our system pretty well because <clears throat> Kevin Ball is a defenseman and our third best prospect is also a defenseman, although they're very different. Scott Perunovich is, you know, a smaller puck moving guy uh, and Ball is apparently a huge big old tank, but they're both, you know, high end potential defenseman guys. Um, and there are questions about his signing with the Blues after college. I'm not too concerned yet, but some people raise that as like a reason to include him in this trade because, hey, he's not going to be here anyway, which, you know, if he doesn't sign, then, yeah, you look pretty stupid <laughs> for not getting anything for him. Uh, we had Perunovic in our Tier 3 
in the prospect pyramid. Uh, the fifth or fourth, depending on who you ask, prospect in our system, f f I think it was fourth in Promen's rankings, but let's say fifth to match the winger uh, that they got is uh, Lexi Torpchenko. I love Torpchenko. Uh, there are questions about his uh, overall skills and how high a level impact he could make in the NHL, but he's a good skater and has some ability to produce points. I like him. Mm -hmm. And then our seventh-ish prospect would be Nikita Alexandrov, who we just got from this last year's draft, our top pick. He's got a wicked shot and is looked at as a guy who could run a power play as a center at the NHL uh, if he develops enough you know, complementary skills. But would you give up that package of Perunovich, uh, Torpchenko and Alexandrov, that's a lot of syllables, mm -hmm. as well as the conditional first and third um, for Taylor Hall. Like, I guess. You but... would like to have done that? I'm not judging. No, say what you no, want to say. No, I wouldn't like that. I don't okay. think I would. Especially because I don't think we were going to re-sign him. Uh-huh. Again, I think if we re-sign Taylor Hall, then that's automatically bye-bye Alex Petrangelo. Like, most certainly. Right. So, and I think we need Alex Petrangelo more than we need Taylor Hall, so then I don't want Taylor Hall. Again, the Coyotes need Taylor Hall because their highest scoring player right now, and they're a decent team overall. I mean, they're first in the Pacific. First maybe, second. Yeah. As Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz both tied, playing 36 games apiece, with 24 points each, <clears throat> and our leading scorer is David Perron, same amount of games with 10 more points at 34, mm -hmm. and even David Perron's not like a superstar in points, like even considering yeah. what he's doing right now, that's still not unbe unbelievable for him, but not unbelievable for the league, so the Coyotes needed someone that can push them over the top, he's automatically, they debated this on 31 Thoughts, and I don't think it's a debate at all, he's automatically their best player. Oh, yeah, no they were like, I don't know, maybe like the, I don't know. That seems awfully mean to OEL, and I was like, well, it's the truth. So yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, they they got their best player. They needed that because sometimes you just need to go. You know what? Here's your. I'm rewarding you guys, Jonathan, Jonathan, John Chaka. Uh, me, we know him really well, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're the we same him, age, so we obviously him, we're the same Slack channel for John 29 year olds. Nickname Jonathan. Yeah, John. I know. I was like, it was kind of backwards. You know, he likes He's the, the proper... Nerd, so he might go, but he might feel like, oh, no, you're my friend. Call and me Jonathan. Jonathan, please. My mother calls me Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Jake. <laughs> but, uh, like, he's rewarding the team. He's saying, I believe in you, and we, I'm getting you a piece that's going to keep us at the top. Blues, again, I guess you could argue, hey, we're going to give you a piece that keeps you at the top, because that's what we need, and mm -hmm. we have some injuries, but... I don't know. I would have been cool if we had him. I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have hated it. No. I wouldn't have been like, "Oh, gross! I hate you, Taylor." Yeah. That's fine. I'd be over the moon and be sweet. But I don't think it was something we needed. And if you're giving me, if you're gonna tell me, um, let's say that what you just told me in terms of equivalence for the Blues is what we would have to offer to get him. Mm -hmm. eh. I like Torbchenko, Alexandrov, kind of an unknown commodity right now because he's new. But I want to see what he becomes. Perunovic again could leave, but. I'd, I'd like to see what all three of those guys become here right. in St. Louis. So, and again, the pick thing too. I mean, I know that I know they say this every year, but it's a deep draft, Stephen, and I want to keep my first round pick. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, 
that's not a devastating package for mm-hmm. us to give up, for the Coyotes to give up. We're in about the same range in terms of prominence, you know, view of our system. They were 17th, we were 19th. Uh, Shiro got quantity, not quality. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking about this trade beforehand, I said, hey, if we can give them quantity and not quality, meaning we protect Kairou and hopefully Perunovic and um, Kostin, um and you know certainly Thomas and Dumb, which I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think either of them were ever part of the discussion. But no, I like um, I'm like a hun- I don't even an know, insane, and I'm a hundred percent confident yeah. that wasn't the case. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, even so, hard pass for me. <laughs> I just like more and more thought about it, the less and less I wanted Taylor Hall, and it had nothing to do with Taylor Hall. It might have had something to do with all the internet. Uh, gentle people whom I with whom I debated this topic uh, who were all convinced that Taylor Hall was going to carry us to a cup even though he's won more draft lotteries than playoff games uh, three oh. more three times as many draft oh. lotteries as playoff games I'm so sorry um, Taylor yeah um, I hope the Coyotes make it in the playoffs <laughs> but yeah and obviously Taylor Hall would probably be the best forward on our team too with Tarasenko hurt mm-hmm. I mean maybe not O'Reilly but they've got very different skill sets um, be the most dynamic for yeah sure. yeah that's a word I used a lot I'm too drunk on prospects I will freely <laughs> admit that everyone can call me on that all day. He's drinking true. from the kiddie I'm, pool. I'm too high on prospects. Most people are too low on prospects. I think, especially in this Blues fan base, we've got way too many people that are like, Robert Thomas is still kind of an unknown. And it's like, yeah, sure, Everyone because he's is. not yeah. already Henrik Zetterberg, but he might be. Um, also, while I admit that I'm too high on prospects and we can't make however many 30 names are on that pyramid into NHL well, stars. Well, some of them are erased, you know, uh, because it hasn't been right, preserved right. at all. <laughs> but, um, you're right. No, no, no. I should have written it in no, permanent marker. Kidding. We should buy a new whiteboard every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, Put them in our whiteboard room. <laughs> that's right. Um, but uh, at the same time, giving up all of your prospects and trading them for rentals and other things is a good way to become the Blackhawks and Kings uh, where you are winning cups one year and then four or five years later you're in the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to happen. Exactly. Look at the that Boston Bruins. The, the Boston Bruins won a cup in 2011, 2010. Mm-hmm. 2011. And they haven't won more, but they have they ever been bad since then? Have they ever not been a top contender? I don't think so. I mean, they went back. They, they didn't win the cup, but they went back last year. Yeah. They went back in 2013. Yeah. They're a constant and threat. Look at how the Penguins run things. I don't think Jim Rutherford is a genius. Mm-hmm. And granted, they have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and that always makes you relevant. But how many guys have they had come through the Brian Rusts, mm-hmm. the Ole Matas? I mean, I know he kind of sucks now, mm-hmm. but there was a time where, you know, Zach Aston, Reese, whoever, you know, mm-hmm. I'm trying to Who's think. the guy I'm. Buffalo. Yeah, I'm, uh, Connor Sherry. Yeah, at the same time, <laughs> I tell you what, it was impressive. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like as your core, your championship core solidifies. As you pick, because listen, folks, I know we want to ride this roller coaster forever, but we gotta make 
decisions on Jordan Schwartz, Jordan Schwartz, Jaden Schwartz, uh, in the next two years. Um, Alex Petrangelo this year, Jake Allen in, in two years. People are going to leave this roster, big, big pieces of this mm-hmm. roster, because, listen, Jaden Schwartz can go tell a team, hey, I got two hat tricks on the way to a Stanley Cup. Pay me lots of money. Mm-hmm. And we can't pay everyone lots of money. And so, and that's just a reality. I'm not trying to be a downer. That's every cup team ever has had to deal with it. It's the trade off for winning a cup, and I will take the trade off. Mm-hmm. But as some of those guys, hopefully, carefully planned and smartly prepared for, depart, you need guys who can come up and maybe not give all of what they gave, but give 70, 80% of what they gave mm-hmm. for 20% of the cost. And if you're trading guys, you know, I don't think Alexei Toropchenko is Jaden Schwartz. But what if he's Zach Sanford? And mm-hmm. what if Zach Sanford becomes Jaden Schwartz over the next two years? Um, I, I know a lot of people are down on Zach Sanford right now. I'm not, you know, prophesying that. Mm-hmm. But, like, you have to have that natural cycle, which is a... a John Mazalak term that I hate, <laughs> but it is true. Like, you have to have that kind of natural churn within your organization to say hey we can't pay every forward that helped us win a cup five to seven million dollars for the next eight years so some of these guys are going to have to walk and um we're going to have to replace them as best we can and it can't be with a big free agent signing or a big trade every time Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean hoard all your prospects and never make a trade i don't mean that at all but what if I don't know. I don't have a good example off the top of my head. Quayton Keller. What if Quayton Keller becomes available in two years? And it's like, hey, he needs a change of scenery like Max Domi needed a change of scenery. He's on a cost-controlled contract. Even if it's not a great contract, he can come home for pretty cheap. Won't it be nice to have not cleaned out your cupboard if you want to go get the hometown kid Quayton Keller mm-hmm. uh, to step into a role that maybe a Jaden Schwartz evacuates or whoever? Like, I just don't... I This year especially, we talked last week, I think, about that, you know, whole repeat syndrome where people are just obsessed with that idea. This year especially, it just doesn't make sense to trade for a rental because you don't know really what you're you do very much know and you also don't at all know what your team is if Tarasenko and Blay are healthy Petrangelo is gone Petra- this year. Yeah, yeah it's like there are way too many balls in the air and just you have to recognize the idea and we're going to talk about this with one of the questions in the mailbag a repeat is so unlikely and we don't have a generational talent that can just Sidney Crosby will us through back-to-back Stanley Cups. So we're going to have to do it with energy and work ethic and our grinding physical style. And if we can do that for 200 games in the space of 18 months, great. Mm. But personally, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer, I don't think we can. I don't think we can survive the entire Western Conference and Boston or Boston, whoever wins the (laughs) East to uh, win another cup. And I hope we do, but I don't think there was any gamble worth taking on Taylor Hall to try and improve those odds by 2%. Mm-hmm. That's my take. I'm sorry I, I went way too long. I would agree with that. It does feel like, uh, it does feel like a, 
Elliot and Halak, but we got Miller because it's a 2%, 5%, whatever Armstrong said at the time, increase. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we got Taylor Hall. We're already a, a very good team. Uh, here's this guy that makes us a little bit better for the cost of what's probably a little too much. And But by contrast, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people do have trouble looking back at it. I have no problem with the Ryan. No, that's what I mean, and I still am okay. Because at the time, we were the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. At the time, we were a team that was on the ascendancy, but hadn't quite pushed over the hump. I mean, we'd have more playoff bursts than them at that point, but we hadn't gotten very far. And they, you know... A lot of people at the time really believed that Ryan Miller was going to make a contending team into a super heavyweight in the playoffs, and he just didn't, and mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. But it's also like, it's weird that so many people hate the Ryan Miller trade, and yet so many people were like, yeah, we have to go get Taylor Hall. I mean, I get goalies and yeah, a little different, forwards but... are different, but like, I, you know, there's just no guarantees. He couldn't do the Matt Zuccarello thing and shatter his ankle in this third game with the team, you know? like Be a lizard person. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I would love Taylor Hall to play on this team in a vacuum, in the abstract. Of course. I mean, yeah, give us a heart trophy winner. But this team, as this is one of the examples I said at the time, and I think it's a good place to move on to our mailbag. This team once had Brett Hall, um, uh, Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis, and Grant Fuhrer on it, and added Wayne Gretzky <clears throat> and didn't get past the second round. So. Stuff happens, and I, and some I I made that example, and somebody said, "Yeah, but Fear got hurt," and it's like, "Yeah, exactly." That's the point. Yeah, you don't know who's gonna. Well, Bennington gets hurt, you're screwed. Sorry, I know that's unfair to Jake Allen, who's been very good. I don't think it. I think that would be bad, personally. Petrangelo gets hurt, you're absolutely screwed. Mm-hmm. You know, like Pareko gets hurt. One thing could change your whole season, and then you're gonna look back wishing you had. All of those players, and most of all, that first-round pick, which, again, we don't even have to draft a player with it, necessarily. We could. I would like us to, because I love prospects. But if the opportunity presents itself to reorganize, restructure your salary going forward, you just have more flexibility this way. And I think we need to be thinking about you know the next five years and yeah. the next five months. That's me, personally. I think this team could repeat the way it is right now, and I think that's sort of the thing sure where could. I'm all with people saying, oh, we could repeat, and it's like, yeah, and I don't think we actually need, I don't think we need the help. And I would rather we just go, hey, let's be the team that says, yeah, we'll try this, and if it doesn't work, that's fine, because we just won the cup, and if it does, great, we win another cup. But there's no reason for, yeah, I think you're right when you talk about There's no reason to be urgent about winning the cup mm-hmm. now. There's yeah. no, I mean, especially this year Either of all you years. you believe the line you're selling to your fans mm-hmm. as Doug Armstrong about we have a core that we think can win for the next four, five, six years, and then if these contracts are bad at the end of that time, we'll worry about it then. Either you believe that mm-hmm. or you don't, but if you don't, you shouldn't say it, <laughs> you know, and if you do, you need to operate on a four, five, six-year time frame and not... Uh, you know, hey, this is a sexy rental, let's go do it because it's the big splash mm-hmm. sort of move. And, you know, if the opportunity arises and he needs to, he'll add a Tyler Toffoli or a whoever, you know, a Chris Kreider. And that'll cost 
a couple of picks or, you know, a, a, Tor- a Torpchenko or Perunovic mm-hmm. or somebody. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. Just don't gut your prospect. And I think people already forget that we already traded Dominic Bach, you know, this season. So yeah. we already did major damage to our prospect core. Do you have anything to say before we move on to the mailbag? To the mailbag. There is where we shall go. Would you like to read the very first question? <laughs> because it's for you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I this is from by the way our, our dear yeah. friend and and i do feel it is tradition to mm-hmm. say creative underscore funny underscore name mm-hmm. uh is once with us once again and we're so glad he's back mm-hmm. he's our spirit animal that's right so i posted a question reddit asking for questions uh for the podcast and my rather than do a burner account or uh-huh. one of those things i just posted on the account i troll around on reddit with which is i don't even remember the full name i believe it's pm me your sloppy booty (laughs) because i see people with pm me this pm me that private message me this private message me that and i was like i want to see if pm me your sloppy booty gets me anything and folks it has gotten me close to nothing and uh how how, i'm getting a question from creative underscore funny underscore name that is why do you love sloppy booty so much because you know it's because the same reason you like messy food you know what i mean it's like it feels wrong doesn't it it feels wrong to like it It feels wrong to be dirty but uh it also feels so right there you go got a solid answer on that question so any would you like to illustrate anymore no i wouldn't all right well you know type it in a google you'll see what i'm talking about (laughs) god or don't i haven't Um, even or have i uh, (laughs) who knows who knows while you're getting all those pms with sloppy hoodie in them so you don't have to google it you know you're all good um out of the current playoff teams he asks the avs jets stars yotes knights oilers and flames which do you think we match up well with in the first round of the playoffs? I know it's far away, but it's fun to speculate. Who do I want if we're going to play one in the first round of the playoffs? Um, uh, uh, flames. Um, we'd, we'd handle the Flames. We'd beat them very badly. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's a team we'd beat, bad, we'd beat pretty badly. Yeah. And I guess it's possible that we could play them because they could be... Last yeah, wild card, but, and we could win I mean, uh, the West. Of the teams in our division, give me the Jets again. Jets are stars. I'm not. I'm. I'm a little worried about the stars. I'm not worried about the Jets. I think we could handle the Jets. What's funny seven is seven gamer. Right now, we would play the Flames. Actually, that's interesting. And the Jets is, are the other wild card team, or the first wild card team. Yeah, I think I agree with either of those. If somehow Edmonton fell. Into the wild card spot, I think mm. we just steamroll Edmonton. Like I think they think they know what they're doing in the playoffs. Like ah, oh, we just you know triple shift McDavid and Drysaddle, and that's that. But I think over the course of seven games, uh, if the Blues are anything like they were last year, we just wear them down. There's no way Edmonton would stand any chance any chance against the Blues. Uh, within division, yeah, I would say Winnipeg because I think Colorado is just too fast. And they could probably actually do to us what they did to the Flames last year. Mm-hmm. And Dallas is such just a... Dallas, to me, even if they're not in a wildcard spot, are such a wildcard team. Mm-hmm. They could they could 4-0 the Blues and sweep them. We could sweep Dallas. They could go to Game 7 again 
quadruple overtime. I feel like Dallas is the streakiest team in the NHL. Every time I check the standings, they're either won eight games in a row or they've lost seven. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to make of that team. Yeah. So yeah, give me the Oilers. Give me the Jets. Give me Calgary. Give, give me Canada. Canada's weak and has no backbone. And the Blues can steamroll them. That's what I'm saying. Um, he also asks us, uh, what prospects and teams are you guys excited to watch in the World Junior Championship? I'm excited for all of it. Um, give me all of it. Uh, we I only know have Joel Al- Hofer is, oh, is on the uh, Canadian team. He snuck in the back door. I don't know if that was expected. Oh. But uh, Is Alexandrov on team I would Russia? think not, because I think young. isn't he technically Canadian-Russian, it, though? Is he? I don't know. He's something weird. Because <laughs> um, if he's in Canada, then yeah, he's not on the team easily. You know, no way. Yeah. Um, uh, I am very excited to watch uh, Dominic Bach and the Germans as well, even though they're not, you know, he's not our prospect anymore because... <sighs> because everything is awful. But um, I just love the World Junior Championship, to be honest. I'm happy to watch anybody except Kazakhstan. Screw Kazakhstan. Mad Sogard, I don't know if he's still <laughs> playing, but he was a favorite of mine the other uh, last year. I, their, ter- their website is so terrible because they don't have the team. Yeah, it's really yet. bad. Um, but, you know, Lafreniere, if he plays, obviously any of the top prospects from... Um, 2020 oh man i remember two um, years ago checking in on kyron thomas all the time that was right. fun uh so yeah i mean i'm just excited to see who develops to see who grabs uh the reins a little bit um yeah i don't know any, yeah. any thoughts to add on that uh it is in the czech republic this year so that's right set your clocks and i know to check there time. there has been and will be uh really good coverage and i'm not just saying this as a plug but I think it's one of the best things the Hockey Writers does, but there will be really deep coverage of the tournament, including my daily uh, previews of every game that we'll be watching, the four games a day to preview, so uh, that is a labor of love, so go check it out, and Mm -hmm. I'll make like .04 cents per click, so hey, you know, that's something, so, um, but yeah, I just love it. Um, Finally, uh, he asks, also, which is worse, season seven and eight of Game of Thrones or the new Star Wars trilogy? I love this question. <laughs> Let's discuss in detail. We won't spoil anything in, yeah. this, in the um, final movie, which we haven't seen, but we did watch a plot summary because we're dreading it that much. And the plot summary didn't reduce our dread. That, mm-hmm. I've, that spoiler I will give you. The new Okay, which is worse season seven of the game of thrones or the new star wars trilogy so if you wanted to say game of thrones or the new star wars trilogy it's new star wars trilogy oh, easily because game of thrones has five good parts. about five seasons worth of just really good stuff mm-hmm. but if you're saying just season seven and season eight you know what i think the new star wars trilogy is worse because i Aren't there high points in season seven and season eight? So that's the thing. So new Star Wars trilogy. Every time in the first two movies, they were like, "Here's a thing." Like I'm, you're supposed to feel. Yeah, look at this part. I just didn't give a shit. Whereas Game of Thrones, I got angrier at uh, it. But I will say, when I watched those episodes, even though they were bad. I enjoyed them. Uh-huh. Then after the fact, I'd think to myself, wow, what a shit episode that was. Here's that a, made no sense. Here's a question for you. Do you think if you went back and watched 
season seven and eight now. Do you mm-hmm. think you'd hate it as much as you did at the time? Or knowing where they go, do you think you would appreciate more? Because I know from experience mm. that every time I watch one of the new trilogy movies, they get worse. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. I don't think season seven or eight of Game of Thrones would get any better. Uh-huh. But, but you think it'd just stay equally gross? I think it would be laughable. Uh-huh. It's la- It's well, laughable, like... but in like a fun, like in a way that I actually enjoy it being laughed. Like this is so stupid, and uh-huh. I laugh. I'm like, oh boy. That's the fun of the new trilogy to me is like mystery science theatering the whole thing. I, but I guess that's the thing is the Star Wars. I laugh at it, but at the end of the day, I just don't give a shit. And yeah. it, it makes it kind of upsets me that I don't care about Star Wars at all. Like we were talking about the last or the, the, the not the last Jedi. Force Awakens was okay, uh-huh. and then The Last Jedi was worse. Yep, and it kind of ruined The Force Awakens because The Force Awakens, yeah, at times, yeah, intentionally so, almost everything The Force Awakens set up, Ryan mm-hmm. Johnson set out to destroy. Yeah, so yeah, Star Wars, new Star Wars trilogy, worse for me, I think, and, and I, I think, haven't even, I haven't even I seen the third yeah. one yet. Well, so we'll we'll know more next time we reconvene. Um, we are now moving on to our dear friend, the Earthmaster, a.k.a. Drew. Um, he asks, what's the highest you would be willing to go on a cap hit for Petrangelo? This is a hard question to answer because my heart says 11 and my head says 8. And so I'll split the difference and say 9.5. I heard Elliot Friedman today say that the Blues were, I mean, this is one of his offhand comments, were trying to stick around in the 8 million range for Petrangelo. Soul, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great to me." I don't think he's going to take that. I'm trying to make a million dollars next year. You know what? I bet he will take. He'll take eight, and it's going to be eight point two seven. Or I was like, eight, oh god, fuck that!" <laughs> no, it's going to be eight point nine five two seven or whatever. <laughs> because I he's like, a "Okay, stiff hometown discount." Boys. He goes, "I'll stay under nine for you." <laughs> yeah, uh, if I had to really guess, I'm guessing it's. Um, I think the Blues cave and they give them 9.3. Ooh, that's very specific. Why mm-hmm. 9.3? Because someone's going to say 9.25 and he's like, fuck you. And, they're <laughs> like, and he's like, all right, 9.3. And he's like, that's right. Can we just do it, though? Can yeah, we just stop do it. Just pissing give it to and him. moaning and just do it? Um, he also asked, what do you think has been our strongest game so far this year? That's a tough one. Uh, a lot of good candidates this week. Mm-hmm. Um, that game against the, the first game against the Blackhawks where we forward them was really good, but also they were just bad. Um, that Calgary game. Yes. When we beat them five to nothing. Yes. I was going to say Calgary was much worse at the mm-hmm. time, but that was probably one of, if not our best. I, I think, think that was one of our strongest games. Um, just from a domination perspective. Mm-hmm. I think the Chicago game was one of our strongest because we actually looked very good the entire time, but also for having the comeback that we did. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'd say those two are up there for me. Like, Obviously, I like that we beat the Avalanche and it was uh, against a close divisional rival. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the Flames 5-0 game and the uh, the Chicago comeback game are, are my my contenders right now. I'm sure I'm missing like an early game that was really good too. but. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was one I wanted to mention, the early October 21st 3-1 against the Avalanche. I think that was when Rantanen got hurt. I felt like that was a really strong game, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So take your pick from any of those. 
what was not the best one was the 6-4 in Ottawa. You remember, like, our fourth game of the season? That was yikes. Um, 6-4 Remember, because we were real awful, but they're such a bad team that we just won a war of attrition. Oh, did we win 6-4? Yeah, we won 6-4. Oh, but man. it was, like, so sloppy. Sloppier than the boot. Was that, was that another Perron toe drag move? Yeah, I think it might have been. Uh-huh. I feel like it. Okay. I mean, pick, a, pick an early season game. You probably did it. Uh, which player, he asked, do you think the Blues need most as a rental if you need, if you think they need any? Um, let's look at NHL trade candidates and see if we can find a list. Uh, sportsnet.ca. Oh, no, TSN, that's the hockey trade bait list. That's what we really want. That's the good one. Let's see their top 20. You have trade any names bait. off the top? Are you going to trade bait anything? Um, Ooh, Jason Zucker. Four, oh, four years. For... But oh. <laughs> As I'd a do. rental for four years. I, I mean, I'd take Jason Zucker. Um, I kind of like the idea of having Chris Kreider on this team. He's, he's, yeah. he's speedy, isn't he? I think he <laughs> is. Deceptively so. Used yeah. to have the Satan soul patch for a while. I always liked that. I don't know why. Um, Just different. I don't. I know we've talked about it in the past. How he wouldn't fit in this locker room, and he still probably wouldn't. But Mike Hoffman's in an expiring deal, and he is just like pure offensive talent, which we lack a lot of. Um, obviously, good on the that's power something play, yeah. you need to clear with your captain uh, and deal with all those. Man, that all blew over, didn't it? Yeah, that was a big <laughs> yeah. well, stink. because he I mean, went to Florida. Yeah, I've talked about him in a year and a half. But um, Justin Fox, number eight on the trade bait list, that'd be interesting. This I hope we could. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think we'd like to go after him. Uh, Kreider makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways, but also I don't want to overpay for him. What is he? Um, what is what wing is left he? Left wing, according to this, because everybody's a left wing. Yeah, I'm a left wing. Um. Let's see. Uh, anybody lower on this list that might be interesting? No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, I would say Hoffman, if it works with your locker room, would be interesting. And Kreider makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, his final question. Uh, the best Christmas song is Christmas rapping by the waitresses, and it really shouldn't be up to for debate. That is well, it is not a question. Do I know Christmas rapping by the waitresses? I don't, um, or maybe I do, and my, I just didn't know. I was gonna look it up on my phone, but I think I left it out in the other room. You got your computer? You gonna look it up? Yeah. Because I don't want to mess up the recording. We would never mess up a recording. We are a very professional podcast. Um, but uh, what's your favorite Christmas song, Stephen? Uh, um, like, I mean, I love, like, uh, a couple of, like, the real hemi ones, but, um, just more ones. like, uh, some real butt rock. um, crap, there's one I'm thinking of and I can't think of the name of it. Uh, it's gone. It's, it's gone not Last me. Christmas by Wham. So I get, do love get the Last fuck Christmas out, by then. Wham and by Taylor Swift, to be honest. I like them both. Um, her new Christmas tree farm, great song, great record. Um, I'm, it's the one from right, Love Gary. Actually near the beginning where they're like Christmas. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's called Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're singing "Deck the Halls," but it doesn't yeah, feel like yeah, Christmas yeah, yeah. at all. Yeah. <laughs> that one's always I do, fun. I do like that. Yeah, one. yeah. But it's not the Mariah Carey one. 
I'm going to be honest. It's uh, overplayed. It's overplayed. Uh, I, it's true. great. It's great. I mean, it's amazing. It's just a little overdone. Yeah. Okay. Carol of the Bells also always a, a classic. Bing, bing, and uh, bing, bing. Linus and Lucy do 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 do. We already alluded to them. Yeah. We're doing it. All right. Let's see. The waitress. Let's see. What is this? This well, is gonna, this, this is an ad. This is for Visa, so we got to redact this. This is going to go to a real dark place, isn't it, Earthmaster? This is a setup. He set us up live on the podcast. <laughs> I hope it is. <laughs> it's just death metal. <laughs> this. Oh, it's one of those. Oh, this is a misdirect. It's a classic misdirect. All the people listening at home for our live reaction. When I, hear du- I thought I heard double bass. Oh, I know this one. Kind of. I know it from commercials. Skip ahead a bit, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, I know this one from ads, and it is fun. I never knew what it was called. Thank you for enlightening me today. Um... We've got a, a Christmas song already chosen for our our ending. Uh, that one's very brassy, though. That, yeah. that choice, very almost like pre-ska, but obviously not ska in a lot of ways. Uh, but I like it. <laughs> Ian, uh, Jack Raspy asks... I describe myself as not ska in a lot of ways. <laughs> what do you guys think of the top five decors in the league and why? Uh, the Blues are obviously one. I don't think there's a lot of debate. We've got Petrangelo, Falk, and Pareko on our right mm. side. And people don't even know about Vince Dunn and how good he is. So we're one. Uh, I think the Hurricanes are one. Not a lot of debate mm. on that one either. I do not think hot take that the Sharks are one. No. I think they're old and busted for the most part. Um, Vegas has an underrated one because there's nobody really sexy on that defensive core, but they tend to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, the one-two punch of Heiskanen and... Klingberg in Dallas is pretty good, as is the um, Carlson-like group in Washington. Those are a few of mine. Uh, and the Detroit Red Wings suck real bad. So <laughs> that would be another one I mentioned. Oh, and um, Eric Johnson, Sam Gerrard, uh, Kale McCarr, mm. not a bad threesome either. I didn't realize that McCarr and Johnson were both out for a game. Uh, yeah. I was like, where's Eric Johnson? And I was like, oh, he is gone. You're not used to saying where's Kale McCarr yet, but it'll Yeah, come. yeah, eventually. I knew, at least I knew he was hurt. Oh, God. Uh, one night to add to that. Johnson came back, a uh, little update from... Uh, as correspondent Jordan, he came back in tonight's game. Apparently, he got injured by a dirty hit from Alex Kerfoot. And mm. Eric Johnson, always one for the great quote, uh, said, I guess I can put away my Kerfoot voodoo. <laughs> so, <laughs> I do. Um, Eric Johnson is a good quote. Good man, yeah. I would add to the top five D cores in the league, um, Boston. Yeah. Boston's still always up yeah, there. Yeah, they're another one where like nobody stands out as like they're the best, although All McAvoy char. and Krug. Well, not best, but he stands Charles, out. Oh, he stands out, sure, because he's ugly as seven, mm. seven feet taller Isn't, than everybody. And I guess because everyone says it, and that's still kind of true, I guess. Nashville, Nashville's still... Yeah, a, a, yeah I mean, they're Ryan definitely Ellis, in the discussion. Ryan Ellis having a great year. Roman Yossi, yeah. Ekholm, he's still there, mm-hmm. right? Ekholm's still there. Is Ekholm still there? He's Ekholm, still there, right? Ekholm. Don't, say, don't say it anymore. Uh, <laughs> they also have um, Dan Hamuse, who I thought was like... 
you know, in a retirement home, uh-huh. but he's still playing and he's okay. Um, don't they have that Dante Fabro now too? I don't know if he's doing any good for yeah, them, their prospect, top, but he was the top prospect. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one that's got the makings of a good defense, but it's also bad as Thomas Shabbat and Eric Brandstrom. Although <laughs> Thomas Shabbat played 38 minutes in a game the other night, mm. like the second most ever in a regular season game. Wow. Why? Way to really ride your stallions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we didn't really rank our top five. We'd probably have to look at that a little longer, but those are mm-hmm. some of the top ones. I hope that answers it well enough. And you can demand... Uh, yeah, you can demand a better answer. A better answer on next week's podcast. We're trying to improve. Philip Miller asked two questions. This is switching to Twitter now. Uh, he asked, Justin Falk, improving? Yes or yes? Uh, yes. Yeah. He had nine shots, I think. Nine yeah. shots? Nine shots. I think he had that many in the game before that, too, Ooh. against the Avs. It was um, pretty high up he's there. He's looking good. He's pinching more. He's seeming to fit in. I'm excited. I hadn't really ever given up on him, but I was mm-hmm. starting to enter the worry zone. And now I'm a, I'm a little less worried. I've entered the worry zone. Uh, Philip also asked, the worry zone. with the defense playing the way they did, good idea or bad idea for Baruby to challenge in that game? Bad idea. I, I think still probably. think it was bad. bad um, but as I said, I think it may have had something to do with trying to get Allen a home shutout for the first time. And I that would have been nice. Years. That's true. I never thought about it at the time. But yeah, it, not a great idea. Dylan White adds, not really a question, but a comment. Well, we asked for questions, so moving on. (laughs) (laughs) We would never do anything other than strictly what we said on this podcast. We're very rule about it. (laughs) If the Blues are going to be as injured as they are, I'd rather they do it now than in April. In the past, it seems like we've limped into the playoffs quite a bit. Last year, we were healthy, and I hope this year it's the same way. I agree. Was it the year we played, what year was it that we lost to the... Blackhawks. That was the Miller year, so 2014 in the playoffs, when everyone died at uh, the end of the season. We, we had lost like, like our last seven games. Yeah, we had like eight injuries, and then uh-huh. a lot of people came back, and we still managed to, you know, 2-0 them at home, and then of course the reverse sweep, but man, oh man, I remember being like, we are so fucked. Uh-huh. I was like, back is hurt. Oh, she's hurt. Uh, I don't think we even have Brown anymore. Berglund's hurt. Even people like, oh, Porter's hurt, Adam Cracknell's hurt, Nate, you know, uh-huh. Maxim Lapierre. Real, Ooh, boy. Think of that. Great. Yeah. Real part of the team. Um, Bob Rakowski asked, did Sonny look not quite right after that hit, or was it just my imagination? Just my imagination. <laughs> you know that song? Oh, well, is, it by, is it by the waitresses? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was great music at uh, Deerberg's for a long time. Oh, man. There are some oh, songs ingrained in me like that. Oh, yeah, because you've, yeah, it's crap, but I just heard it probably several hundred times in my life, so. What's uh, the, like, the Lido Shuffle? Is it the Lido Shuffle? One. I believe you. Yeah, it's like it's to the left. To the, that's my dad, the Cupid yeah, shuffle. not that. I think it's Lido Shuffle, Lido something. I heard it all the time at Schnucks, and I was like, I hate this song. And this song was made to be played over a speaker a hundred feet above uh-huh. me. Uh huh. And it was. Uh, you saw more of Sunquest than I did. Yeah. Did he look okay? I thought he looked fine. He looked a little slow, but I mean, I, he's always got those teeth. So those I mean, that's just how he looks. Yeah, it's got the grin. That's very weird. We'll see if he's healthy next. Yeah, year I'm hoping. Yeah, we've had we didn't play tonight, obviously. Not, we don't play tomorrow. Not many more devastating hits until he's Super Saiyan Blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that'll be fun. I wonder if his hair will actually turn. 
because it's pretty blonde as it is. Spoiler alert, probably not. No. <laughs> uh, Justin Horniker, whose hair turns all sorts of wacky colors when he decides to change. Uh, currently, it's coming down from pink. Um, or red, maybe it's pink because it's coming down from red. Uh, Justin, write to the show uh, if you can find a contact for us and uh, let us know. Let us know uh, what hue you're doing. He does have, I only I only mention his hair because he has uh, a very important hair-related question. Namely, are you worried about Koskinen's hairline? And my answer is no, because I do not worry about things that don't exist. I was just going to say, what hairline? <laughs> um, there has to be a hairline for me to worry about, Justin. I'm much more worried about um, Miko Koskinen in contract mm. than I am his hair. Have we noticed that Sh- Kevin Shattenkirk, I think a couple years back, finally actually shaved oh, yeah. his head if, or what listen, little hair was there? Good for him. Just, if you if you get to that point, just go buzz cut, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just, just do it. Ride the wave. David A. Kism, Chism, Schism? Let's get into that. I know we've done that before. Now that we've won a cup, what would you consider to be fair a fair bar for success this season. Making the playoffs, winning around. Also, do we seem kind of streaky this year? Several winning and losing streaks back-to-back makes for really high highs and lower lows for fans. Yeah, I mean, the fans were on one during that last losing <laughs> streak. I think we were a little too low. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, fair bar. I mean, it's hard to say. Win the playoffs and don't go get to the playoffs and don't embarrass yourself would be my bar. Yeah. If you do the thing... You know, like the Capitals did last year, where you're like, we could probably win this series, but we definitely don't want to win d- three more. Yeah, so, we don't want to go into the next um, one. I honestly wouldn't hate that, but um, just look good in your first round. I'd rather you get to, you know, through a round or two, but I'm not going to be too upset with anything other than missing the playoffs, which, I mean, they obviously could still do, but I'm looking pretty unlikely that they would right now. I'd like us to. I think ideally make the playoffs, and if you win one round, I'm fine. Yeah. You lose in the first round again. If you look competitive, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, but I think for some, I mean, and obviously I like to win the cup, and that'd be great. Yeah, but I mean I that'd think, be a fair bar for success. For I think sure. a fun story for me. It's something I've this happened. I'd be like, oh, that's cool, or whatever. Uh-huh. Is I'd like to make it to the Western Conference Finals. I and would like then lose to. <laughs> yeah, and then if we had to, you know, we're tired and shit. We lose to Arizona, Ooh. and we give them the old handshake and say, hey, go beat Boston for us. And then they beat Boston. I go, ha ha, you lost to Arizona, too. <laughs> Boston love... becomes like the dream makers for yeah. non-cop teams. Uh, I would love it. Yeah, I'd love almost any team to go to the finals and oh, then just yeah. beat Anybody Boston beating again. Boston would be I'd be great. Like, oh, that'd be That's hilarious. the bar for success. Yeah, that's why. Right. <laughs> there you go. You're right. I can't think of... Other than the Blackhawks, who are out of the running. Yeah. Even the Predators. Oh, I'd be like, go be Boston. Boston. Go for it. It'll be funny. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be a laugh. Uh, Brandon Corpening asks, we've seen a lot of options for how to retain Petro for next year. What's your strategy? You trade Allen. We didn't get into this on this podcast, so I'm running low on time, but people need to realize that's impossible to avoid. Um, yeah, you just can't have that much money have in your backup. Um, and uh, probably you're looking at having to trade one of Bozak or Schwartz, maybe. Because we decided to extend Shannon Falk. So mm. I'm looking at the players we have and the players we want to keep, and I don't know how you make all the pieces fit. When's Schwartz up? After next year. So next three, yeah, summer after this one. I'm going to be honest with it. I'd be fine with it. 
if you can get a couple of young players. I he I he, he can't be he can't be he can't be asking for much. I mean, he can be, but like he can't be thinking he's gonna get. No, but I don't think we can give him what he asked for. Yeah, like the, I don't, and that's the thing is like the guy's not even a twenty goal scorer. Yeah, I don't want to see any of these guys leave, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to see us overpay to keep guys just because they helped us win a cup. Agreed. And I don't think Schwartz is the straw that stirs the drink anymore because I don't. There ain't no drink. Glass is half empty. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think realistically, if you're going to re-sign him, which is still up in the air, you're probably going to, you're definitely going to have to trade at least Allen. That's mm -hmm. just the most obvious cuttable salary. Mm -hmm. Um, Steen, if, listen, if you can work out the old pay someone to take him, have them cut him and sign him back, I'm all for it. I'd be all for that. Um, but, you know, otherwise you're stuck with him unless he decides to retire, which I doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, and listen, I don't mean stuck with I'd love to have him at 1.5. I just, you know, we always knew the back end of that contract was going to be gnarly, and now we're here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, any thoughts, anything you'd add to that? My strategy is sign him and then worry, worry about, about the all consequences. the other Yeah, yeah, I agree. You need Alex Petrangelo. You can make the money work. Please, Doug, for the love of God, I know he does this whole thing. I, Joey Vitale the other day was like, oh, you know, you get you grab Doug likes grabbing himself a couple mid range players for like six seven million dollars. He likes to run out with those guys, and he talked about like he was grabbing like fucking candy mm-hmm. out of a bag. He likes to just grab a handful of those guys and run <laughs> with them. I was like, yeah, that's cool, but also pay like arguably your best player the money that he wants to stay here to then do the thing you've said you were going to do and make this team a contender for mm-hmm. the next three four this five the years. Captain of your team and the center How... of your defense. Arguably having his best season. How are we a contender if he's gone? We are, but it's. I think the minute we, he's gone, we've turned into we've turned into a little bit of a pretender. I don't even. I, I agree. Not basically. completely, but like you're like you've knocked off. You've knocked out a leg it's of this three legged chair. Yeah, it's more what I've said before. Of just you don't know what you are. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're. I fine. suppose that's more. Maybe true. you make the right move to compliment. Maybe Fox steps up into a bigger role. And you just become a little more offensive. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. Mm. You really have no clue. It's a totally different team. Um, like gooey butter cake was a mistake. It's still delicious. <laughs> but it wasn't the end result. Oh, it wasn't the goal they I had love, I love some weird European uh, hockey player to try and gooey butter cake themselves <laughs> into a fucking metaphor. That's right. I am Sebastian Ajo and I am here. <laughs> <laughs> butter cake was a mistake but it is delicious that's <laughs> like what do you hear when someone likes like what about that error you made in the second period so i don't know not what to say to you oh we better finish these questions before we lose it um nathan cox asks other than bob because we know he's on the naughty list do you know which Bobby he's talking about? Sergey Bobrovsky has been very Yeah, bad. I mean, I guess that one, right? Um, <laughs> Nathan, feel free to write us back. Or, oh, Robert Bortuzzo, maybe. Uh, he did the naughty maybe. thing. Nathan, feel free to write us back and clarify and uh, demand a better <laughs> answer to your question. Bob Newhart. Uh, who's getting coal in their stockings this year and for why? Uh, on the Blues specifically, I don't have a lot of people. Yeah. Um, 
Maybe Falk has earned himself towards the nice list recently. Yeah. Maybe Zach Samper gets nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Zach just doesn't get a present. He gets an IOU because um, you owe me a level up in skill. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the injury people causers <laughs> they get cold. Cassian, Cassian gets cold. Yeah, oh, every Zach year. Cassian for sure. Um, what's that no name punk ass defenseman on Los Angeles that yanked on? Tarasenko's oh, already yeah. gets uh, Cole. Um, yeah, but uh, overall, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, Barubi gets Cole just because I feel like he'd like it. You know, he'd be like, like, "It's tough. It's tough. Uh, you know, <laughs> know, hard to play against." Gritty, uh, you throw it at people. It's great. Play um, a foot game. Finally, Garrett Kochner asks our good friend Garrett Kochner, uh, "What are you guys asking for from Santa for Christmas?" I've gotten to the point in life where my Christmas list is just sad. It's just functional things. Like, mm. hey, a nice messenger bag would be cool. <laughs> and, like, I need clothes constantly. Yeah. And, uh, it's real boring. You got me a very nice Nintendo Switch case, which I very much wanted. And that was very good. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't have... I've gotten to the point in life, even though, you know... I'm I'm not I'm not a wealthy man, but I'm a man of me. I'm a man. Not a wealthy man, um, but I am a man of wealth. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, but like, you get to the point where it's like the things you really want in life, within reason, you just buy yourself. Yeah. And outside of reason, you feel weird asking anyone for. I them. know. I'm like, I could just it's buy like, it. Don't have to buy it for me. But like, you know, you know, I've got a Nintendo Switch. But say I wanted a Nintendo Switch, I'm at the point where I feel really weird asking my mom, "Hey, could you get me a Nintendo?" switch for christmas so mm. i don't know maybe i'm uh maybe i'm not doing christmas right i still love christmas but for different reasons now yeah we got um, a new niece in the family and i'm very happy for her too so oh you can get her a bunch of stuff yeah oh i've got one in the in the works that i can't tell you more about on air because they might be listening oh, no. but i'll tell you afterwards uh yeah i like functional stuff these days i do like the occasional just sort of fun item my dad's a very good gift giver so randomly i'll get some random thing that is a lot of fun that mm-hmm. i just didn't even know i wanted or think about but yeah i think for a couple of years there, right before I graduated from college and for the first uh, year when I was living with my parents after graduation, I think I asked for like a set of pots and pans one year and got them because uh, I knew I'd need them and I didn't want to spend $200 on them myself. Uh-huh. And then in the other year, I asked for a rice cooker because I was like, I want a rice cooker and I also don't want to spend money on this myself. Yeah. Because one birthday, I also got a washer. A washer? I got a washer for my birthday one year, which is a, a lot of money. It's like I know it sounds fancy, so guys, but he's literally talking about like one individual washer, like the thing you throw in the yeah. game. Yeah. So it was very actual. It, but it's my but it's Christmas. my great washer. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it's weight. your lucky washer. Yeah. You hit the hole more often than not with that thing. No. I'm, I'm not saying it's not impressive. I'm just saying. Mm. Uh no, that yeah, that's it's it's true, and mm-hmm. it's like it's sad. You wish that you were at the point where like a stuffed animal or yeah. the hot new video game could really get you excited. But it's like I want a Pokemon Pokemon Sword, so I bought it two months ago when it came out. You know, like maybe a, your 
Maybe your mom gets you Pokemon Shield. That's <laughs> can, a compliment. Can you tip me the other one so I can get a Galarian Ponytaw? And now that I've said Galarian Ponytaw, <laughs> folks, uh, I think we've gone long enough. Um, thank you all for listening to this mm-hmm. Omnibus Holiday episode. You will be gone most of next week. All of this. Uh, yes. Yeah, correct. Um, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Correct yourself. I will try to do something. I have no idea what it will be, so could be another one-man show. Maybe we'll find a time yeah. where we can call from Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know. I'd like um, us to talk about the California games and our best California accents. Oh, our Kyle Connor accents? Oh, my God. Uh, but we'll figure all that out. We'll keep you posted on Twitter. In the meantime, uh, subscribe, leave us a review. That'd be mm-hmm. great. Go over to at uh, STL underscore podcast. Our soccer podcast, it's equally goofy to this one. We've just got that, you know, pink-haired bastard, Justin Horniker, <laughs> joining us. Hairline um, intact. Yeah, very v- strong hairline, questionable hair color. <laughs> um, no, we love Justin, and we love that podcast. We've got, like, 98 followers on Twitter, so you could be number 100 or number 99, mm-hmm. which is just as important because mm-hmm. everyone's the one important. to get to other. And Wayne Gretzky. So be Mr. Wayne Gretzky. Um, to our soccer <laughs> podcast uh, uh, just for everybody at home we wish you a very uh happy holidays merry mm. christmas happy uh, new year probably unless we talk again yeah. and uh yeah go blues and uh enjoy california not you them you know yeah, you're, I'm not going, to you're going to someplace much colder yeah hell Malakilikimaka is a thing to say On a bright Hawaiian Christmas day That's the island greeting that we send to you From the land where palm trees sway Here we know that Christmas will be green and bright The sun to shine by day and all the stars at night Malakilikimaka is a wise way to say Merry Christmas to you. Malakilikimaka is a thing to say on a bride.